This is NRL Boom Rookies. been replaced this week by uh, the Rugby League savant himself, Nick Campton. Well, hey, everyone. We made a new rule that only fans of teams with winning records could be on the podcast. <laughs> and so young Mitchell is off for at least three more weeks. Yes. He's, he's and, uh, away. Tough uh, times for my guy, Mitch. My fellow 5-1 and one boy. Oh, how good's being 5-1? Mate, and one. being 5-1 is pretty dope. Being 4-2 must be all right, Dale, but being 5-1 and one is pretty dope. That's living. It is. Um, speaking of dopes, how, how was everybody's weekend? <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, went out went out to Bankwest for the opening. How that, was it? It was amazing. We'll get to that game later. But, yeah, we'll um, talk yeah, about that. It was in- incredibly good. Easter was good. No no issues. I've just worked and had a mild heart attack when the Raiders looked like they were going to lose, but I pulled through and so did they. So, so what, what more can you ask for? Life lessons. Never try. <laughs> Alrighty, moving on. Thursday, Cronulla Sutherland 24, Penrith 20 out at uh, the Alt-Right Have Some Good Ideas Stadium. Uh, what what a day! It just feels so long ago. I know it doesn't feel like this was the same round of rugby league. I thought you were going to say when, that Penrith were good. No, well that was just never a thing. No, but, um, I I can't believe this is the same round of rugby league. I as, know, right? It, like, but it, it is weird though, right? Because game all on... year last year we podcast on a Tuesday and we yes. never felt like this. But I don't know why we all felt the same way before the show talking about this. How about the passage of time, fellas? Constant yeah. and yet. Ever moving and y- unyielding. <laughs> mm. Yeah, man, I I don't really know what the deal is with the Panthers at the moment. Like, if you asked me why they are underperforming, I couldn't really point to many things on their roster that that's that's, that's that bad. It's just like everybody's playing badly, which I know sounds really simplistic, but at the same time, it seems like a simplistic issue, though. If you get me, yeah, but you know, it's it, it's it's that sort of thing that they make good meters in games until they just don't anymore, mm. and they look dangerous in attack until they just don't. And every week it's been around like the fifty-five, sixty-minute mark, apart from like the game against Melbourne when they got flogged, and they just seem to run out of gas. And notable mm. rugby league Twitter identity uh, Niles, I think his handles at T H R Y blue something, some combination of letters. Mm. He made the point that the Tigers in a lot of games last year started fading around the 60-minute mark, particularly later in the season. Right. So maybe it's an Ivan Cleary thing, but mm. I'm really not sure because I thought the Sharks were good when they started coming back, but they weren't great. Mm. Like They no. just kind of stuck around, stuck around, stuck around and ended up getting a few ones late. So I've, I've, I'm really struggling to identify what the big issue is do at Penrith. You, do you minute. think that the, the issue at Penrith is a lack of clutch? A lack of clutch? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... Their clutch stock, it's rising and falling like yeah. the sun. I mean, they were clutching at jerseys a lot of the last 15 minutes of that got game. Him. Got him. Got him. Dale's um, got jokes. They Look, as you say, Pe- uh, Penrith felt to me like a team that once once Cronulla kind of got on a roll, and I know that you hate this, Bungard, so I'm not going to use the M word. Mm. Once they had some inertia, <laughs> <laughs> um, they just they, it was like they... They couldn't stop the runaway train. They just didn't know no, what I, to do to, no, that, to get themselves that, out that's of the a, hole. That's a fair point, and I am going to use the M-word, but it feels like when the momentum of the match, or whatever you want to call it, when the tide of the match starts going against Penrith, they have no way mm. to rectify things. And and maybe that's an issue um, with what they have in the middle of the field. They don't have a lot of uh, real top-tier middle forwards. I think James Tamo's had his best season in a while, but he's not... He's not that kind of guy that can single-handedly he, carry a pack or single-handedly win, turn a match. He did win their Survivor captain's game. Oh, like the Highlander. Yeah. The only one. Yes. And now there is. Good on him, hmm. I say. Yeah, and I like Moses Leota, but he's not quite there yet either. 
So m- maybe it's from a sort of a, a macro sense. They lost Trent Merrin at the end of last season, and he had a bad year last year. And they've never really replaced him mm. as mm. as a middle forward that can turn the tide in his seconds in his second stint on the field. So that that would be the that would be what I would try and address if I was running Penrith. But yeah, man, I. Yeah, it's they're, they're they're a weird one. They sort of I can't really get a read on them. I mean, you may have the opportunity to address that. We'll come on to that later. Okay, mm. Ooh, in the news tease. section. Good um, tease. Clearest penalty try. You but love you, nev- you, but love you never know. Try. You never you love penalty tries, bro. You never hundred percent love them. I don't know why. Penalty try guy. Why? I don't know. I just like them. I just think there needs to be a bigger incentive for players to stop cheating. He makes a good point. Yeah, Four yeah. points is a lot of points. It is. And it, well, six points, really. I mean, you, you can't disagree with this one, right? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I could barely remember it because it was so long <laughs> it ago. It was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. And I, I think it's important for people to understand that a penalty try doesn't have to be... You don't have to be certain that a try would be scored. No, which, it just has to be in the opinion of the It's weird. Every referee. time this yeah. happens, it seems which, like... Peter Sterling is like the only commentator that actually knows that rule. The rest of them. Well, that happens. Go, that happens a fair bit. It, 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 it does. <laughs> yeah. But it, it also every time you've got four other blokes in the booth being like, "Oh, but you don't know he was going to get there." Yeah, and that's like the, that's the mate. thing. And the way the rule is currently worded leaves a lot of room for mm. interpretation. Yeah, which, mm. And when there's room for interpretation, it means. But honestly, I'm pretty happy criticism. But I can't remember the last penalty try that I that they gave that I didn't think they got right. The like, only one this year that was remotely one in Origin last year was mm, contentious. I agree. But I could understand why they gave it. The only you know? one that was remotely contentious this year was the Knights Sharks one in round one, which I still was okay with. But it was about as close as they got Yeah, this that year. was close. But I, I agreed with yeah. that one as well. I thought they got the right um, boys. Yeah. What do we think of um, the Bill Kennedy at the back for the, for the, for the Sharkies? Making his debut. My man. Mm. On his birthday, was it? Yeah, it well, was. He's looking pretty sharp. Yeah, man. He's, he's been with um, the Jets for a couple of years. I reckon he's got a big future in first grade. He's got to fill out a little bit. He's still yeah. quite skinny, oh. but I think he's a long-term I mean, if there's one club you're going to go to and fill out at, it's the Sharks. <laughs> oh. um, I know I know your man scored the winning try, but Dugues is not looking like the Dugues of old. No, nah, oh, he's he, not. He looks like he's made out of wood. Yeah, it's, Soft balsa wood. It's funny. I was talking to um, to a few people at work about this, and one person at work said that they thought Dugan would do quite well on the wing because it would simplify his role, and all he'd have to do was get into dummy half and take some scoots a couple of times every set. But Sounds I'm good. not sure he's physically capable. You don't think he can take the wear and tear of 20 yeah, effort like, runs again? Well, like, yeah, I, I know the, 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 the buzzword at the moment with wingers is, is the Blake Ferguson yardage. Mm. Yeah. But... I don't think Dugan can provide that similar sort of thrust yeah. like, like a Ferguson does, and I don't think yeah. he can. I don't think he can have the work rate and sort of like uh, not the physicality, but just the constant involvement of someone like a Rapana. You know, I just, I just don't know if that can be a part of his game right and, now. And the other point that you make about the physicality and about the about the Ferguson thing is Dugan's great at breaking tackles, but is, my, he, is he still? Like, I mean, he's he has a few tackle busts. Some of them are jersey grabs, let's be honest. But my big concern with a player like him, who's kind of not necessarily moving on into the twilight of his career, but like who is pushing to the second third of his career, is that when he is tackled, he does not his his meters after contact must be so low mm. because like he gets into a tackle and he gets pinned by one player and he just doesn't have the leg drive to keep going. And I think that's the, the yeah kind of common to the point that you're making is that he doesn't have the ability to add more. Once he's hit the first tackler, 
Yeah, oh, I, in, unless I, he obviously breaks the tackle I and actually, gets that, away. I think that's a really good point because at Canberra and at the Dragons and in a little a little bit at times last year for the Sharks, the reason he breaks so many tackles is because he's so strong through the hips and in his legs and he would keep pumping with his legs whenever he came into contact. It was one of the best things about him mm. at Canberra especially. And he just doesn't really seem to have that that power anymore, yeah. you know? And you mentioned how he's getting into a different stage of his career. I think he's getting to that stage in his career where he's got to kind of take care of himself a little bit more off the field. Mm, and that's not that. something that he's ever really had to do before because he's been mm. such a strong athlete. You know, I'm, 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 just, I'm just spitballing with no, that. No. I, I don't know. But yeah, I I don't know if there's a place for him and I don't, in this Sharks team anymore. The, the, as I said, further to the point that you're making, then like you have to, as, a, as an athlete, when you get to this stage of your career, not necessarily just look after yourself off the field, but learn more about the game. You can't just be a one-dimensional player. Take Michael Gordon, for example. He's 65 years old. And has played all over the park, but he has he has a great rugby league brain for him, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, I understand. I feel like he's got to kind of just develop more as a reader of the game as yeah. opposed to just kind of like, okay, I'll get the ball, I'll take tackle two from the ruck, and then I'll make a tackle when I need to, and I'll make an effort run here and there, and I'll finish a try. Yeah. Like, you've got to be able to kind of pop up and do a bit more, and I don't know whether he will, and if he can't, there are enough players at the Sharks, as we've seen, and they've got a decent feeder team in the Jets, to take that spot. Dugan at Henson Park. Fuck. Oh, get, get oh mate. There. Good thing about that is it's like a hundred meter walk from a pub. Mm. <laughs> he'll be he'll fit right in. I, I, I got I, I, I do think that we're that unless Dugan makes some really drastic strides in these next few months, and I do expect him to stay on the wing for a time because even though he's not setting the world on fire, he won't be Bad, like he'll be. No, he'll be. He'll be he was bad on the weekend until he got that that winning try. But yeah. he'll be fine. He'll be solid. But he mm. does seem like a really good candidate to me to go over to Super League at the end of the season. God, can you, you know? imagine? And the shark. I think the sharks would like to free up that cap space, and with that freed up and Gallon freed up, they can really go and chase some people. So I, th- I unless we see a pretty uh, drastic turnaround, maybe this, this might be the end of. of, of Duke. I mean, mm. not having cap space has never stopped them before. Hey oh. Anyway. Speaking of salary sombreros, Canterbury Banks down six, Souths fourteen. Yeah, sorry, had to do it to. Well, I mean, that's fine. They, uh, they they were found guilty of cheating the cap by several million dollars. Look, it's, I'm it's not fine. lying here. I am not spitballing. You're not pure fact. No defo. Uh, how how was Souths? Were they good? No. How was the footy? Was it good? No. Okay. Do we want to move on? Um. No. Nah, let's talk. Why about do you, Why do you think they weren't at their best? Because they weren't. That impre- they haven't been that been impressive for a couple of weeks the, now. Geez, I really like, you look back through their performances and it's really only those first two games yeah. against the Roosters and the Dragons where they looked good. Um, and it's not it's not that they're not up for the big occasion because it, it's, a, it's a traditional game now. They've had this for, what, five years? And there were 30,000 people there. Like, yeah. that'll be their biggest crowd all year. Yeah. And, and even, even the game against Manly, like, that felt like a... A big a game big just because it was a big crowd, yeah. and you know what I mean, all that sort of stuff. I I actually thought that after they lost to Manly, they'd sort of click back into gear and oh. they'd really kind of get back have, to their best. They have won their all their straps. games, but mm. I, yeah. I I, I, under, I understand that. So maybe we're just poking at nothing. Like at this early in the season, all you want to do is just bank wins and and that sort of stuff. But I, 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 after those first two games, I, yeah. I did expect something. No, but I, I agree with you because I mean, what they they scraped a win against the Warriors, who had just come off a flogging by Manly, and That's they a great game. and they and they scraped a win against the Bulldogs, who just come off a flogging at the hands of the Dragons. So, yeah, they're not setting the world on fire. I mean, 
It is truly bizarre that Braden Burns is the missing piece in this team in terms of like getting that fluidity With back his in the back four line. NRL games. Well, I yeah, tell you what, man, true. now that, that GI's gone yeah. and you take Burns out, that back line's really not looking as no. as sharp, like just just on paper as as it was. Like we we're talking just before the podcast started, is Kyle Turner really going to be? Is, it? Like is a, that it? A big part of this team yeah. for, for I mean, at least a few more weeks till Burns gets well, back? absolutely, he has to be. I mean, there's, there's just simply no other choices. Gagan, 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 Gagan. Jacob Gagan, get him in. He was really poor in his one first Well, game. yeah, but still. He, he was really bad. <laughs> he was so bad that they the replaced tra- him with uh, Kyle Are the Raiders Turner. playing Souths in the next few weeks? You've got, you've got a vested interest in um, I, I don't know what to pinpoint it on. I mean, I think we're, I think Ethan Lowe has to start. And just, oh, me too, man. I, I'm a huge Ethan Lowe guy. Just, I, I just at the point now where I'm just sort of like, you've got to bench, you've got to... I mean, I would be happy starting Sam and Totola and having both twins on the bench or starting one of the twins having yeah, Totola I wouldn't, on the bench. Yeah, I wouldn't I honestly, be against that. I've been quite, imp- I've been quite impressed with Totola. He's ripped in. He runs hard. Um, and with that, and then, that you know, with Murray there as well, who again, I mean, I think... I mean, you, you could feasibly have... You know Murray, Lowe, and Sutton playing ADH, and then the other props just rotating for the whole game, and then that mm. that keeps them fresh as well. And it was the biggest problem last year was the Twins playing too many minutes, and Wayne's curbed that to an extent. But I still feel like something's missing, and I can't really put my finger on what it is. Um, Sam is dro- even for him, he seems to have made a lot of errors this year. Oh, that's just, just but maybe maybe package, maybe, maybe maybe he hasn't. I think, I it, I, up, I think but... it might be because he's out on an edge and it, he's get, he's yeah, not getting true. that simple ball that he yeah, hits in the middle yeah, where yeah, he's yeah. just hitting it up every time. Yeah. There's a lot of shapes and patterns and that he's running and the timing's not always mm-hmm. where it's going to be. So. To, and having to pass too, having yeah, to be exactly, one and yeah. away. He's he, not great at that. No, he's <laughs> really not. Tell you, like Gagai's been not bad for the last three weeks. He's been pretty good after. Which a is what very, you want from your million dollar signing. Being very, not bad. A slash very, a good. very tough opening fortnight for Bungard's guy, Dane Gagai. Yeah, and um, Corey Allen nearly scoring the try of the year thus far. Oh, I thought um, he was gone. But then Remus, on that last Remus, 20. Remus, just let him score. <laughs> that just last that, 20. It was like he was running on a treadmill. That was a bizarre set of circumstances. And then they called it back for some phantom penalty that even I didn't see. It was but, an offside that they played in advance. Like, I'm happy thought, that they played. Someone held nah, back. It was, it was, someone nah, was held back, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right. it was, yeah, it was one of the but dogs. It seemed like a really soft call. We didn't score off it, so it doesn't up. matter. No one scored off it, anything in that half. I know. It was nil-nil. It wasn't great. Um... My, I, we ha, we don't really like to bag refs, and this isn't really a bagging in the sense that we're like, oh, we was robbed or anything. Obviously not, because South won. But like the ruck in this game was an yeah, absolute was really disgrace. Cool. Like it was this a was slow. This... It was this was the zenith of um, people complaining about referees giving too many penalties, and as a result, no not getting penalties. And to the point where the same people, I'm told by you and other people watching the game on TV, because again, I was at the game, uh, the same people who complained repeatedly last year about there being too many penalties we're now complaining that the ruck was too slow it's like well, well, you this, can't have yeah, it both ways this is the other side of the coin like I've, people say oh they've got to let the game flow whatever the, the hell that means but if you're going to be lenient players are going to push the rules yeah. to their limit and, like, and that's the rules just, they did in this game that's yes. going to happen at every single level of the game like before every game anyone's ever played somebody somewhere is going to say test the referee see what he lets you get away with and if yep. he lets you get away with landing around in the ruck and you know, Henry Perinara cops a lot of shit, but he's not alone in this department. There's a, I feel like there's a lot of referees this year that have been very, very lenient with stuff in the ruck. Yep. I thought it reared it's, up its head again in yeah. the Brisbane Raiders game. I thought both teams got away with a whole yes. lot of rubbish. Yes. And there's no way to get it out unless you get the whistle out. Yep. You know, and you get the whistle out and everyone's going to complain that you're blowing too many penalties. They're so really in a no-win situation. You're not going to believe this. You've the got... refs are in a no-win situation. <laughs> yeah. Refs remain unpopular. 
Ex- exclusive <laughs> opinion. Details, details at seven. Exclusive it is, opinions. It's tough because, like, yeah, I mean, we're not in the business of bagging refs, but, and it's not their fault. It's clearly a directive that's coming from above. And it's mm. just frustrating because, to me, footy was better in the first few rounds of last year when you had Souths, the Dragons, the Panthers, and the Warriors just carving up. And then, you know, this crackdown, if you like, happened. And mm. then suddenly, Storm and Roosters, best teams again. Great. Fantastic. How good is rugby league? Mm. Well, we'll come on to that now. We oh, may as well. We well that was a, I didn't you. even mean to set you up. I, 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 know, I know it kind of sounded like you were bagging them then, but this game was like really awesome. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it was so great. Uh, all righty. Melbourne 20. Mm. Eastern Suburbs 21. Edwin Flackfield in Melbourne. A, they say a 20-point lead is a dangerous one. Don't they it? say, did they get 20-0 dickheaded? They did. Um, is this the best field goal you've ever seen? Uh, it's, no, it's, it's up there, man. Mm, I no. would say, I would say, it's in my top five. Okay. I think the the best field goal I've ever seen is Cooper Cronk in Origin. Well, I mean, there's some like that's that was forty out. Piss off, weak That was forty out off here. center. Yep. Final five minutes of an Origin decider, mm. and he nailed it, and it never looked like missing for a yep. single second. So this this might be a better field goal in a vacuum, but when you take in, into account the context of the match and all that sort of stuff, I think that Cronk one is is the clubhouse leader for me. Bungard's looking at me like there's something I've forgotten, and yeah. I'm pretty sure he's going to say like Nathan Kayla. Is it Nathan Merritt? I wasn't. Did we Nathan Dale's kick correct. A field goal? Nathan Merritt kicking a field goal from the wing at the SCG in Golden Point. Yeah, yeah look, that, that was sorry. Was it last player regulation or Golden Point? I can't last remember. last player regulation. That was that's a that's a, a great kick to be sure. But Trell yeah. Trell's further back. You know, it's a there's a there's there's a there's a struck there's a struck they planned they planned that the the Merritt one was absolutely which makes it cooler. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the two the other two off the top of my head that I would put in the same in a similar bracket are Benji from halfway or Chrissy from halfway, and then that was my second one. Yeah, was Chrissy. Absolutely. I was there for that Chrissy one. He boomed that. I always say that the Chrissy one's better than the Benji one because the Chrissy one won the game. It did. Mm. Golden point. You know. Where, yeah. So I, I I reckon there's a few up there. Yeah. Kronks is the best in terms of the context of the game because yeah. it was such a big moment. Yeah. Mm. I mean, South winning a round twenty one golden point game against the Roosters <laughs> when both teams were shit. Is not particularly important. Yeah, I, I think from like a technique perspective, it's yeah. up there with with any field goal like, I've I, ever seen. And I said this on the night is like that he hit that as sweetly as I've ever seen anyone oh, kick any yeah, ball. Mm. Like I, that was like Pavar's goal in the World Cup. If like Trell's, he, if, as if soon Trell's as he hit that hit from it, it halfway, was, it would have gone over. Yeah. He like, hit that he like into the stand. Leathered that. And that's and the he, thing. His, he, like you can see with the way he kicks the ball, even as um when he kicked that forty twenty against Manly, mm. or when he's kicking goals, he do, he's not like. Uh, a dead-eyed kicker or anything like that. No. He's j- he just hits it so He's just smoothly. got the one wood out. Just... Oh, so sweetly. Like, yeah. it looks like he's never putting any power behind yeah. it. You know? It, so, from, like, a technical perspective, it's right up there with any field goal mm. I've ever seen. Um, and he... It, is this what makes him such a frustrating player for a lot of people? Because when he's on his day like this and he and he can be asked, he's up there with the most devastating players in the comp. And he carved up He was on fire. Well, look, I don't think there's a problem with him sort of fading in and out of games. That happens with mm. a lot of a lot of young fellas, even with a lot of old fellas. Like, I know Greg Inglis retired last week. He was notorious for a few years there for fading in and out of matches or fading in and out, fading of, in seasons. out of seasons. Mm. <laughs> I think the thing that people are frustrated about with Mitchell is that there are, uh, there are forces out there that act like he's not that sort of player. Yeah. They act like he's always on all the time mm. or when he's not on it's never his fault that's yep. that's what frustrates me about him yeah, and when you and you when know? you bring those kind of things up i remember we discussed last year on this show that there was a game i think it was at gosford and he made like two runs for 10 meters yeah up against, up against the titans i remember yeah. and we were like this was this is ridiculous like you've got just get go and get the ball yeah. like we you know you know you're a good player we know you're a good player go and get the ball and make a run 
Yeah. Two runs for 10 metres was not good enough. Obviously, I don't have those numbers to hand, but it's a rough estimate. Um, yeah, as you say. I mean, it does frustrate me. And it, obviously, there's a lot of hype because there's an XGI thing and, you know, he's an indigenous oh, well, let's, player. Let's, and let's, 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 get, leave, let's leave, leave, that, leave, that, let's to leave that to one side. On the no, no one's going to be the next GI. We've yeah. talked about that a billion times. But like, I don't think... I'm not sure there's many other players in the league that could have kicked that field goal. No. Jermaine Asako? I don't, I don't think so. Corey Norman? Sean Johnson. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like hit, hitting it the way he did. Yeah. I don't mm. know if there's another it was player that could have done that. Mm. It was really special. And this was a special game. It was all great. up and down. Like it was. did you guys when the storm got back to level, I was certain they were gonna come storming home. And when Kronk dropped mm. that ball in oh no, when Kronk got caught on the last in about mm. the seventy eighth minute. Yep. I thought, oh my God, Melbourne are going to do and this. Then he, and, and then he and dropped the ball on. in Golden Point? I mean... It, it, or was if, it just before? It was just before. It was the yeah, last year. If, if the Sharks Cronulla game was... Oh, sorry, the Sharks. If the Sharks Penrith game was a point for team momentum, this was a point for no momentum. Because <laughs> a team battled back from 20 nil down, presumably with all the momentum in the world, and then didn't win. So stick oh, that one up, you Nick Hampton. Well, let's, let, let's not turn this into a, into a uh, memorandum on momentum. But, yes. But yeah, I... I, I can't help but think coming away from this, if Melbourne can't beat the Roosters when they don't have Jake Friend, they don't have uh, C.O.C. or Takeaho, they don't have Isaac Liu, um, they lose Luke Keery midway through the match, they don't have Joe Manu at all. If they can't beat that Roosters team, I don't know if they can yeah. beat them, you know? Mm. I, I don't know. I, like maybe the, maybe the scars from that grand final yeah. just run too deep, but, or, or maybe the Roosters have have like evolved into a style that Melbourne find quite tough to deal with, that, particularly though. early. Mm. Like this is the second game in a row where they got blown off the park but early. I, I just say that I don't know about that purely because last year the Rabbitohs beat they they not only beat but they thumped the full strength Roosters team in the regular season and they played in the prelim without Trell and without was it Dylan Napa who was suspended as well? Yes. They got dominated. Yes. So I mean I yeah. just, just a lot of it just comes down to who's the better team on the day. That's true. That's yeah. true. But yeah, I when the the way Melbourne got manhandled in that first half and the way yeah. they got manhandled early in the grand final, it's just it's a totally foreign concept, mm. I think, for for, for them. You know? and I think this they, is the, they don't this have is a lot of teams run up on them and yeah, slap them exactly. Down. And yeah, I think it's I, I think it's that. telling that for the second game in a row, Nelson Asafa Solomona and Jesse Bromwich didn't have great games. Asafa Solomona was strong in his second stint, but Bromwich, who had has been having a really strong season to this point, mm. it's like he wasn't even out there. Mm. Christian Welch ended up being Welch uh, and Cami Kamika were out. Yeah, they, both they ended up. They ended up they being. Were, they were they ended up being stronger. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's an interesting one. It was an awesome game. Um, I mean, I'm, yeah. I just hope that a game that between these two in the finals, or if, indeed in the grand final, matches this level of quality. Because I mean, you know, <laughs> the grand final was pretty dull <laughs> last year. Uh, alrighty, New Zealand Warriors ten, North Queensland seventeen. Re- remember last week in when we were tipping and we said, "How can anyone trust the Cowboys in this game?" Yes. How can anyone trust the Warriors ever? That's a great question, Canton. Mm. Mm. I, t- I tell you, when Tuivasa Shek scored his his pretty remarkable try in the I second was like, half, they're going to score a hundred points. That's exactly what I thought. I thought yeah. they're going to kick on from here and they are going to bury the cows, and the cows are in big, big trouble. Yep. Now, look, the cows. It could be a real turning point for their entire season. The way they mm. managed to come back and, and, and win this game, even though they weren't really playing that well. Oh, they weren't fantastic. But it was a very jammy try that they scored off that uh, Michael Morgan kick. I mean, admittedly, example, you know? the Warriors were under strength, for want of a word. Um, but yeah, like, as you say, they had that kind of moment and you went, 
they're going to they're yeah, going like to score the flood, four or it five felt like more the floodgates were going to open and the, like this is what happened to the warriors is, is it's kind of like the same thing that happened when they played the tigers a few weeks ago and even a little bit when they played uh manly i don't know they ended up getting thumped but when they were still competitive in the match making meters isn't a problem for them their back no, five just right. Just chews them up, mm. and their forwards chew them up as well. Like Bunty Afoa's playing great footy, and Lachlan Burt, improbably, I didn't think he had much about him, but he's had a he's had a really good season don't to this him. point. But they get down inside the twenty, and they, it's like they just they just don't know what they're going to do. Mm. Like and Harris Tavita does his best, and Blake Green does his best when when he's there as well. But it just feels like there's not enough creativity, even with with uh, Tuivasa Shek, who's having a, a wonderful season, but he's not really a uh, uh, an out-and-out creator. He's like a secondary creator. Yeah. And he works best when he's working off creative players. And if only the Warriors had a creative player that they could play in the halves, mm-hmm. they would be able to take advantage of all this. But um, I <laughs> simply can't think of where they would find such a man. Yeah, if I, there, there must be some extenuating circumstance to prevent that from happening. Yeah. And the, was, the, the was, point that you make about RTS is like, he's a great player and a fantastic athlete and brings other players into the game. But he has to have those players at arm's length to do anything. It's not like with a, say, for example, a third half who has a fantastic kicking game who can lay tries on away from his sphere of influence, if you get me. Yeah. Like, he can't... I don't know what his stats are. One member of the podcast would, but I'm not sure how many try assists he has from kicks or passes over, say, 15 metres. Yeah. Well, he's he's a, he's a capable uh, ball player and like a capable playmaker, yeah. certainly. But that's always going to be a secondary option to him, as, as it should be. And he's always going to be a secondary option as a playmaker, like mm. a first a first option as a runner. Always, yes, yes. yes. The Warriors. Uh, there was also some weird stuff they were doing with their bench. And this Isaac Luke played the first twenty minutes, looked really strong, and then didn't come back on until there was five minutes to go. And in that intervening period, Jazz Tavanga played I think thirty minutes dummy half, and then Nat Roach came on. And I like Nat Roach as a dummy half, and I like Jazz Tavanga as a player. But what are you? Why aren't you just switching Luke and Roach? Surely that's much more of an easy fit, especially when Jazz, like Jazz is a terrier. Jazz is Stephen Kearney. He calls him his junkyard dog because mm-hmm. he's like you know, the size of Bungard's dog Link. But he you know really rips in. But he can't really pass off the ground. His service isn't that great, and yeah. he really stilted them when he went into hooker. Why would you play three separate dummy halves over an 80-minute period, especially when two of them are specialists mm. and really effective at what they do? And you've got Tavanga who could potentially have played in the halves because you don't have to pass the ball off the ground. <laughs> you don't. But, yeah, so, what, well, guys, what did you think? What did you think of the cows? Are you, are you sort of with me that it's kind of like a seminal I, moment for their season? It, fe- think, it felt like a real breakthrough. I feel like you've made, you've made a good point. And they also have potentially Tamalola to come back this week, who has supposedly been named on a, he's been named on an extended bench this week. Yes. That kind of thing will really lift them. Yeah, I, I think. think so. And I, I think they've figured out the best way to keep everyone in there with Maguire out starting on the edge rather than Tamalolo and then Hess coming on. After twenty odd minutes, I thought this was Hess's best game of the season. I, yeah, I think he has had a very low watermark for it to be his best also, game. True, yeah. yes. true. But you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. I just think we get this. We kind of get caught in this trap of, um, sort of labeling way too many things as turning points for team seasons over any given course mm. of a season. Um, in saying that, their next two games are pretty soft. They play the Bulldogs and the Titans. Um, so the two softest games that are possible. Well, no, they could play the Knights. But um, you make a point. Uh, could play the Broncos. Oh, got him. Um, I mean, that's a pretty favourable two weeks, and then they play an away game 
on Magic Weekend against South at Suncorp. So that's that's not oh, that'll, that'll be sick. Exactly. So I mean, if they get to that South game and they what they could feasibly be four and four. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. You, you might be right. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought Morgan was really good in this, um, particularly in the second half. I think him and Clifford really started to get their combo yeah. together a little bit more, which I think is important. Yeah, for Clifford's them really coming on. I, I really like Clifford, and they don't really have the back line to. Uh, the creek can, can yeah. do anything for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to have things set up for them, you it's, know. So Morgan and Clifford really getting it together. I think it's I mean, a really good this, sign. This might sound a little bit reductive, but outside of outside of probably, I mean, the three best teams who we all expected to be the three best teams at the start of the year, and then maybe also your boys in there now. I mean, the rest of the comp is just so interchangeable on any given day. Like, I mean, I just wouldn't be shocked if anyone else, bar probably Newcastle or Canterbury, made the finals at this point. Like. Honestly, like there's going to be some shit house teams in the top eight this year. There just is. Well, mediocre, not necessarily shit house. No, I get where you're coming from. No, I'm standing with it, Dale. So, you, gonna... so unlike last year where the top eight was quite congested, you're yeah. you're envisioning something a bit I'm more. I'm thinking like, there's going to be like a five to twelve. Yeah, where well, there's like yeah. a breakaway pack. Yeah, and everyone's chasing them. Well, it could yeah. happen. Happens. Happens. Happens quite often. A peloton of mediocrity. I like if it. You like. Mm. Uh, That's the right. title of the episode. Very good. Alrighty. Right. Speaking of mediocrity. Uh, St. George Illawarra, 12, Manly Warringah, 10. <laughs> is this the least impressive four-game winning streak in NRL history? Yes. Didn't you guys... I loved this game. Didn't you guys enjoy it? I thought it was a great game. I thought it was brilliant, man. I thought Manly really, really brought it, you know? My, I've been thoroughly I, impressed with I, My point, I, I, as you were saying, least impressive, like, smash the dogs. And then three, just, three games by the skins of Just got out of the jail yeah. with this one. Look, I'll be honest. Uh, I watched the game live. That was an escort. Yeah, it was. Every day of the yeah, week. Yeah, it was. And, and obviously the ref's boss came out and said so, but like, man, I, I can't blame DCU for blowing up uh, at the refs the way he did after the game. And, you know, if I was in the same situation, I probably would have as well. Um, but as you say, the rest of the game, tight. A great contest. Tense. Tense. Mm. Tense, Tense is a good Tense word. Tense is the word I Be- used on Saturday night. Good crowd too. Yeah, really um, into it. I I thought the, the whole... It, it, every, every sort of mistake and every... Penalty and every dropout that was forced felt really momentous and important, yeah. even though they didn't turn out to be because the because there weren't that many points. It was so <laughs> no. close all the way, but yeah, it was. Um, Manly don't have the best roster in the world, and I've said this a heap of times. They there's such a big gap between t- talent wise between their best players and their worst, which means that the variance in their performance can be quite can be quite great. But mm. Des has got them all ripping in, like Toa Sipley, uh, Corey Waddell, Jack Kishevsky. These real no-name guys that he's really, really got playing hard. He's, even Moses Suley played hard in this one, yeah. you know. And that, that's and that, that's I I, don't, I didn't have high hopes for Manly this year, and it remains to be seen where they actually end up. But Des has got them playing hard. They're in that they're in that peloton. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> they're going for the sprinters jersey. Yes, nice one. The kings of the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Is that and the polka if, dot if, one. Yes, very and good. If they had Tom Trebojevic and Fanua Blake, yeah. you know, maybe maybe they sneak home. With I probably, think, I think I mean, you're right. Yeah. Who knows how big that? I mean, it's obviously going to be big. He's one of the best backs in the world, but and Fanua Blake as well. Yeah, he's of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, you know how big um, he is. Yeah, it is really unfortunate for them that he's going to miss such a big chunk of the season. Mm. But I mean, which almost goes without saying. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of people just forgot what a good coach Des has there is and what a good man motivator he can be. Because as I think I've made the point earlier in this season, I mean, I don't know if with this team, 
I don't know what their record would be if they they did not have Des back this year. They you could make an argument that they'd be close to winless. Yeah, with with the injuries they've had and the lack of depth that they yeah. have. Yeah, well, it's 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 still early days, and when, and we'll see how we go. But it's definitely some really good signs. Dale, what did you sort of think of the Dragons? I know we're saying oh, it's the most unimpressive four game winning streak. I'm just ever. razzing my mate. But no, well, there's 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 there's, there's some truth to that. Like, I I thought that in this game, I thought Hunt's kicking game was spectacular. It was really good. I was surprised with how it good really it was. Good. And if I think that his kicking game is good, he's obviously having a good game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought he was... Norman did enough. I thought the halves were fine. McInnes was a workhorse as always. Ravalawa didn't drop the ball more than five times. Again, fantastic. Um, it, it felt to me one of those games, again, as you say, it was tense, but like it could have been like 36 to 24 or something yeah. like that. Simply very nearly scored. He got pulled short. There was another one where I think they had a player held up. Uh, the Dragons had Hunt forced like three or four dropouts. Like on another day, yeah. as I said. They were they, building. They were building both pressure. Teams and against really a team pressure. that wasn't as up for it as Manly, that would have been enough. What really impressed me, apart from Hunt's kicking game, was particularly in the second half when uh, Graham and, and Vaughan came back on for their second yes. stint and they really lifted the physicality. Mm. And the Dragons forward pack, even without uh, Jack DeBellin, has a level of, of, of physicality and a level of intensity mm-hmm. that there's not a lot of teams... Not a lot of teams can match him when they're really, really going. I agree with that. You know? And they don't have to do it every week, but they showed in this game that they can pull it out when they really, really need to. But there was there was one know? play where I think uh, Manly went short on the right-hand side into the south-western corner, uh, which would have been in the first half. Went into the... Fir- went in right in the second... And... Three or four players tackled. I think it was Gusevsky in the in the right corner, and he tried to throw a miracle ball out to it would have been the right winger, and it just didn't work. And you can just see them all jang each other up. Mm. And there's obviously there's always that togetherness in a team, but like the fact that they just all piled into the tackle. There were probably four blokes in that tackle. They didn't necessarily need four people to come and cover the winger. But they were all there. But they were all there. Yeah. And I think it was Aitken bear hugged him, and like two other blokes jumped on top. And, yeah, I mean, as you say, if they've got that level of physicality for just, like, a short side play, and obviously if they score there, they win the game. Like, it's down the track, but um, you don't have to make that play every time. But, yeah, as you say, I mean, it's just good that they're they're committing to the defense, mm. um, which, they again, as I said, you don't have to. It's 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 an, it's a negotiable. Not everybody has to jump into tackles. Yeah, I give them a real shot against the Roosters on Anzac Day, you know? I really yeah, do. that should be great. Uh, alrighty. Anything else with that game? No. no. Fantastic. Yeah. Good job, Ravalawa. <laughs> Thanks, mate. How about him screaming before he'd even scored? Yeah. That is that is that is and very then much. Almost not grounding the ball. How and good. Me almost throwing my TV out the window. My man. Uh, alrighty. What was the next game for this one? That was the Saturday afternoon. Titans game. Knights, man. What was the next game, guys? What did it end up being? I mean, we said we wouldn't drop it like a ton of whole team anymore, but I'm I'm overruling myself. <laughs> I'm making my own rules. I am. I'm the king of the night. Um, the Knights. Yeah, fuck. Uh, they look terrible. That first half is as bad as anything any team has dished up this year. And the fact the quality players the Knights have at their disposal and mm. they can put together a half like that is... Diabolical. It is incredibly... I'm not even a Knights fan and it's just incredibly disappointing. 
Mm. Incredibly disappointing because that fan base, what they've put up with over the last three or four years, or even the past six or seven, if you want to throw in the Tinkley years, they deserve so much better because they've stuck by them and the the players are not repaying that faith right now. If literally any other team, bar maybe the Broncos, had had this form, the crowds would be 2,000. Like, it sucks. It's so unfortunate for them. Um, Yeah, I often would tell our good friend Howard Ramage that, like, even as bad as the Knights were, it couldn't compare to South's, you know, 02 to 05-ish. But, man, it's getting close now. They're pushing you. Well, I think there's a difference between being just so abjectly terrible that you can't win a game. Like all, We've all had our teams be there at one point yeah. or another. Mm-hmm. But when you think they're going to be good... It does and they hurt a just, lot more. And they just, don't, they just don't go for it. They just don't do the things that you know they're capable of. I mean, That's almost worse because you have the possibility of... Of real success it's there. The hope yeah. that kills you. Yeah, man. Yeah, it is. It, mate, it really it really mm. is. You I know? mean, to be fair, most 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 rational Knights fans had somewhat tempered expectations for this year. They weren't crowing about But they had expectations. They did mm. have some expectations, they expectations, but they weren't, you know, they weren't Andrew Johns on TV saying, Oh, if Ponger and Pierce stay fit, they're making the eight and Ponger's winning the Dallium and any other bullshit like that. What a t- what but, a time. <laughs> they weren't they weren't Wasn't they weren't like three weeks ago. They weren't, you know, Jamie Soward saying the Knights are the second best halves combination in the league. What? But yeah, he said, that, he said that when Ponga was I still thought like I talked about this on this podcast. Well. Anyway, yeah. um, most smart Knights fans were like, look, I'd settle for being 10th. And at the moment, I don't think they're going to finish 10th. I, I don't think they're going to get close to that. Oh, they're, no. they're, Oregon, they're, Oregon. they're stone motherless, and they are what? They're what? A bad Chad Townsend pass away from being 0-7. If they lose this week mm. to Para, who are flying, mm. I think that's the end. Yep. I think I think I think Brown gets the bullet. Yeah, I I think I really you might do. be right. And look, he he he's copping all this this flack at the minute. And for the way the team's performed, rightly so, because he has talent at his disposal, he's done an, a, a a reasonable job of accumulating talent. Yeah, he's a good he's a good scout. So he's he he's done he's done yeah. he's done enough there, but. The, this the the time for accumulation yeah. is done. I, it's time to start winning, man. It's time to start playing, I, and he's got serious players. I agree. I think. Look, I, I, I agree with you on both counts. I just I think we need to be a little bit careful. I, I think you're right. I think he's been a decent acquirer of talent, not like not like some, you know, soothsayer who's put together this inspiring lineup of players that nobody else could see was good. Like, you signed David Clemmer, who's, like, one of the best props in the world. Like, yeah, I mean, that, but he, clo- he closed he, the deals, sh- of course, is yeah. what I'm saying. But, but you are completely right in saying that he is definitely a better uh, roster manager than a coach. Yeah. And, I mean, performances like this were acceptable. Well, they weren't acceptable, but, I mean, they were... Not they were passable. Understandable. They were yeah. understandable in 2016. Now, yeah, the, this was the first time where I was like, holy shit, they've, just, they've completely quit. Oh, mate, that Tyrone Roberts troll on the loose That was absolutely embarrassing. Mitch Barnett just stared at him. Like, hmm. Mitch Barnett's a, a, a good example... Of of kind of what's going kind of what's going wrong there. Remember mm-hmm. when he first went there, yeah, and we all we all loved him. He was he was really good in in the lower grades of Canberra. He got New South Wales Cup Player of the Year at one point, and he was really good for the first like six weeks when he went to Newcastle. Well, we were like we were sa- we were almost saying they won that Tarpanay trade. Yeah, and he was it was he was Twitter's own Mitch Mitch Barnett. Yeah. He was you know all the all all the smart footy fans out there really really liked him, and he's it's just he's just steadily gone backwards mm-hmm. since then. And now it's like you saw on the weekend. He just watched Tyrone Roberts run past That's him. That's embarrassing. Didn't, didn't throw the, like Roberts didn't throw his big dummy or anything. Roberts just sort of what just waltzed past him. Barnett mm. just stared at him. And then mm. uh, R.I.P. Edric Lee Origin hype. Yeah, March 2019 to April 2019. <laughs> yeah, it, you know the, the the real Origin hype was in our hearts the entire time. It yes. was, and it's always been there, and there it will stay. Yeah. Um, 
Time I mean, though. to be fair, though, I mean, it's not Edric Lee's fault that he dropped the ball directly to somebody yeah. who then went straight past him and six other players. Yeah. And you know what, though? I'm going to say that that is his fault. Okay. No, it's, He's it's, the catalyst Eddie, for the Eddie's, problem. Eddie's, Eddie's, Eddie's almost been their best player this he year. Probably, which is he'd be pretty close to it. Um, I only thought the Titans were okay as yeah. well. I didn't, yeah, is, I didn't think they were great. Which is worrying. Apart from um, two Tyrone in a row, Roberts, though. who like, ruled. He, was, he had a great game. Apart from that, I just thought the Titans were okay. Tyron Roberts is like we we often criticise. Um, we we hammer players for being called underrated when they're very clearly not underrated. But Tyron Roberts might actually be yeah, underrated. That's I, I'm I'm with you there. Yeah. He's a very capable operator, very mm. very sharp. I love that dummy of his. I think he's got a really good kicking game. And when he when he backs himself and he runs, he's surprisingly dangerous. Like he's someone like. I, I know Mitch. Mitch is a big fan of his, and Mitch has said before how much he'd love him at the Broncos. But imagine him as a first receiver at the Broncos with either him Milford and Milf. yeah. or Nick Arima right. at six next um, to him. You know what I mean? Just one of those guys who can really can really do a halfback's job for you. He's, you know? he's, I know he's playing six. He, he's, he's, he's he's in the sort of maybe just above Sam Williams in the same sort of class of guys who just do a job. There is nobody above. Oh, sorry, <laughs> above uh, it was Kuma's a risk, own Sam it Williams. It was a risky King statement Sir. saying that in your presence of all people. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's out there on. I don't know. He's he's probably not on much money, and he's out there playing million million dollar halfback Mitchell Pierce. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, Mitch, uh, Ash Taylor barely. Oh, yeah. Ash Taylor barely did a thing on the weekend. He wasn't. He wasn't. Was Ash Taylor on the pitch. He was. Yeah. He probably shouldn't have been playing. He didn't look fit at all. What's and the story with him? What's has he done uh, an MCL or something weird? I think he. I, I can't remember. It's some some knee injury that he's been carrying. I think it happened in the the last trial or something. He's been carrying it ever since. So because I know that he I'm went not down. A, I'm not hundred percent sure. I think it was that Raiders game. He went down really awkwardly in the way. Well, he didn't. Even, yeah, he didn't even play. Yeah. Didn't even play, so hmm. I don't know. But two wins in a row for the Titans. Yeah, Good Brisbane, on them. Brisbane, Brisbane now the worst Queensland team. They stand alone. Man. Wow. Ryan James doing his knee is a big shame for them. Yeah. But I had to turn away. Yeah. That was really sucked. Yeah, man. Really yeah. unlucky. He had a couple of bad knee injuries early in his career, and you know he's going to miss a f- pretty much a full season now. So that sucks. But I'm excited to see Mo Fodawaka get a starting berth. He's a player I rate really, really highly, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what he can do. Yeah, good on him. I mean, they're one of those teams that like you never think they're going to make the finals or anything, but they'll they'll do enough to avoid a wooden spoon. Oh, I only want good things for Michael Gordon. Well, yeah. that's fair. I, okay. I only want good things for Mickey Gar. That's for sure. Alrighty, uh, moving on to the next game. What was the next game? Anybody, yeah. <laughs> anybody want to cover me? The the Raiders of Canberra, the he, the people's hero, okay. the people's team. Was they, the score? Um, they bloody they bloody did it. God bless them. I, I thought I, I'll be honest with you. I thought they were gone. Yeah. When Corey no. Oates scored that try, I, I dead set started rocking back and forth in my chair and having Nam flashbacks. I was. <laughs> like, I've seen this happen. I've I know. seen this happen. And I threw up it in the in the in the group chat. I'm in with Bungard, um, Mitch, Eddie Smith, and our good friend Jack Brady. And I said, "Oh, the boys are the boys are done." And I believed. Old, old Matt Bungard said, "Oh no, they're going to win easy." And I go, "Bro, don't jinx him." And he goes, "Oh, bro, jinxes don't even exist. They don't." I mean, I yet nearly, another thing that I nearly. <laughs> I nearly headbutted my computer screen. Like it was, I think in a way I, I would like, mate, you know what? I understand how you feel about jinxes, but I'm not in the mood, and now <laughs> is not the time. <laughs> I thought about doubling down after Oat score, but I'm genuinely, I was genuinely fearful that you would have found a way to <laughs> it get pu- through my phone. Reached through your and screen and punched you. Punched you oh, in no, Canberra, and it's a sign of, of how far they've come as a team. I know Brisbane weren't that, uh, weren't that flash and everyone sort of piling on them, but... They were okay in this one, and they had some some good moments. And if a couple of things had gone their way, they could have won. But Canberra managed to, to really steady. And Jack Whiten kicking that forty twenty. I don't know how intentional it was, but it was a great kick. And and, and a Falcon mate. assist. And a Falcon assist. Great, and all that. Great. You know play. what I mean? It's the sort of thing. Like Canberra have a lot. Uh, these close losses over the last few years 
some of the time it's Canberra's fault. Sometimes it's just been really, really shit house luck. Like just really appalling bounces or, or little things like that. And that's, that's not all of the losses. Mm. Some of the losses Canberra did do themselves, but some of them they mm-hmm. didn't. It's important to know that it was never Dave Taylor's fault. <laughs> not once. <laughs> and it, you know, there were just one. There were just things in this that ended up working out for him. Like if it was, you know, Ryan Sutton's try off the Jack White and header, or it was uh, stuff like. Um, Bateman spinning out of four tackles. Yeah, or Bateman just beating a dude one-on-one at the line and scoring. It yeah. feels like they're just getting some of the breaks that they didn't get in the past, hmm. you know? And Joey Leilu was killing people, so that ruled. And, yeah, I'm just really happy. <laughs> <laughs> How many... I mean, you've now had a couple of these games this year where you have been deathly afraid of a Canberra collapse and it has not happened. No, How no, many? No, hang on, hang on. Not a couple, every game. No, oh, dog, not, you, the, not no, the para game. Dog, you but, saw me when they were playing the cows. Like, yeah. They were up by 12 and I was cutting cold Yeah, but this is, like, I'm getting to my question, which is, how many of these close games do they have to see out before you will trust Oh, it'll be years. Would it be a whole season? Multiple seasons? A hundred. No, it, it, it took years to turn me into this and it'll be years for me to change back. Like, like dishevelled husk of a man. You well, mate, that's, that, like, you know, that's how it was. And this, imagine, look, remember what I was like last this time last year? Mm. Like a, it was like a you're relative in a dark died. place. Yeah, I was in a, re- was in a really dark place. <laughs> footy. Yeah, no, footy. How good it is was it? not good. Mm. But yeah, so it'll take me a long time to fully get over my fear of, of, of uh, you know, late match collapses. But I think what's important is that the players have gotten over the fear of the late match collapses. And that's what really matters. You know, it's not like... I don't think they're carrying the scars like they once did. And you know? what are your expectations for the rest of the season? We're, at the, we're past well, the quarter mark. Well, I think, You're in the top four. I think you can make the case that Canberra could be the West Tigers of this year, where you know everything, sort of, ca- everything sort of catches up to them. Yeah. But I think the, the, the quality of the roster, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the overall strength of, of the forward pack... You'd, the Canberra could lose any single forward and it wouldn't break them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They're not relying on one forward like the Cowboys do with Tamalolo sometimes or even like South do with Burgess sometimes. Yeah, totally fair. It really is a, 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 a pack in the truest sense. Hashtag you know what next I mean? man up. So it means that they don't rely on a great performance from any one man week to week, which is really good. The back five is still really strong. Chance, I can't believe how good Chance <laughs> is. Yeah, I, I, I knew he was a solid player at the Warriors. I had no idea he had this sort of stuff in him. And I, I didn't, to be frank, I didn't have high expectations of him when he signed. I had even lower expectations of Jack White and when he moved to six. And he's still working, working some things out. And there's still some clangers in there that will probably never fully leave him. But I think he's made some really big strides, and I thought he made some really big strides in this game. Some of the stuff he was doing down short sides, some of the kicks he was putting in were, re- were really, really good. And I feel like Canberra are 5-1, and one, but they're still only scratching the surface of the type of team they can be. So like, I'm cautiously Are you saying we haven't optimistic. even seen their final form? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. It's over 9,000. But uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm really optimistic as to, as to what they can be this year. We'll see you in the grand final. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be something? Souths have to wear their away jerseys in a grand final. Wouldn't that be putrid? Oh, that'd be amazing. Have to wear those weird white things. All right, who wants to channel Mitch and savage the Broncos for 15 minutes? Dale, your turn. Uh, look, they sucked and they're terrible and the world is bad and I don't know what a rugby league is about. Look, it's just, they weren't great. They looked, I'll be honest, it's not, I don't think that they were that bad, really. I just think that they well, didn't take the opportunities they were, they were, that were available. They were kind of patchy. You know? Yeah. And like, I felt like Canberra... They got on that run and like you were Canberra like, it's about really, to happen. Yeah, Canberra dominated like the first 
50 minutes. Yeah. But we're only up by 10 points. You and know? that was so one Brisbane, thing that did Brisbane, worry me. Like, it felt like Canberra were just rolling down the field whenever they wanted. But Brisbane kind of like, you know, showed a bit of teeth and, and managed to managed to kind of hang on. And there were good individual performances in this game. Like, I thought Payne Haas was really strong again, yeah. although he did have that bad miss on Bateman, like he had that bad miss against the Tigers. So I think they do have to sort of think about his minutes. When you've got a, a young forward more. pack like that, I mean, you're just going to get things like that from time to time. Yeah, I, I know, but I don't think they... I don't think... Well, they have to push Haas as hard yeah, as they are well, right now. I yeah. mean, this was Steve's biggest problem last year. We, we, That's a really good point. We, this is this was the number he, yeah. one thing he did. He wrong didn't with trust South his last bench year. forwards last didn't year. Didn't trust the bench forwards. Played the twins far too long, and he's and he's going to do the same. He's, yeah. He clearly hasn't learned from that. Not that not that he might not figure it out at some point. He's obviously still only in his second season as a full time head coach. But you know, th- this is this it's something he's got to get better at, and they're mm-hmm. still suffering through that. I also just don't think their roster is that good, and I, I I'm. I, I think outside of those young forwards, like, there's just not a lot there that blows me away. It, to me, it's James like, Roberts and Anthony Milford, yeah, great. The yep. rest, they can yeah. it, like they can kind of get down the field and they can put on a big hits, uh, like put on big hits. They're they're a bit of a, a YouTube team. This, at this, this point, was a strange me. thing. This YouTube is like thing. in the last ten minutes, Andrew Johns on the conference. I'll oh, give it to the Jet. It's like, well, the Jet, the Jet's not you know the most lethal strike weapon in the world when he's ten meters out from the try line. Yeah, you know and what I also mean? he's like, cro- he's he's crocked at the moment. He's yeah, coming back. If, if, yeah, exactly. If if your if your plan A with ten minutes to go in the game on the line is give it to the center who is mostly known for his like top top line speed rather than his power who as you said <laughs> just is run at the wall injury, really quick is if that's your plan a with 10 minutes to go i mean who's making those shit. plans but, but well, that's a good point but you know and but then then you saw i mean they they darius boyd still got that passing anthony mccullock's threw that lovely ball from dummy half yep. to set up that oats try mm. um Maybe they just got they got to get back to basics. They just, just they just look work lost. That left they side play lost, out a bit man. more. They look lost in the attacking. 20. They really do. They really do. And, and Milford and Nikarima, the problem I've always had with those two in the halves is fundamentally they're they're too they're too There's similar. Two, yeah, I agree. They, they have the same strengths and the same weaknesses. And Milford has turned into quite a capable general play kicker. I'm sure as Mitch has said a million goddamn times. Yep. yep. And he kicked quite well in this one. And that was part of the reason um, Nickel Clocks had such a good game because he was able to clean up. I think I think pretty much all, of them. which is one of his strengths. But you don't want Milford to be your your organizer and your. your I mean, you said it before with Tyrone Roberts. Yeah, you, you don't perfect want foil to Milford. Yeah, for sure. This you experiment don't want... has gone on for how many years now? Four, three. What it's since not, Hunt left? It's not, what two and a half? It's not an, exp- it's not an experiment. No, it's just, it's just what they do. It's just what they have. I mean, Mitch has talked about some guys in Q Cup that they could bring in, but I mean, it doesn't. Obviously, there's no one that's knocking the door down because yeah. I mean, you would think that if there was, that person would have been given a chance by now. Or they're just blinded by the fact that they've got to play Nikarima and Milford. But well, like Nicarima when Nikarima plays fourteen, Nikarima's been okay this year as, yeah, as fine, a seven. But yeah. I, it's like it's like that thing with the Dragons with with Widow. I think there could be some addition by subtraction. Yeah, here. you know, I agree. if you if yeah. you drop Milford, if you drop sorry Nico back and he's your fourteen, and some and of his best games in, have been as a fourteen. Yeah, and you bring in Sean Sean O'Sullivan, who. Like, isn't the quickest halfback in the world, but he's got a good kicking game and he's a very natural first receiver. You bring him in as your seven, and Milford can kind of just work more off the back of that. And then you've got McCulloch, who's always been more effective as like a 70-minute player than an 80-minute player. Say McCulloch's down to playing 55, 60 minutes, and then you've got Nico coming out of dummy half, and he can just run and run and run like he needs to. I feel like the answers are there. I, I, I don't know what they're going to do with Boyd, because the second they drop him, I don't think he's ever coming back. No, me neither. And I don't know if Seabold is willing to sever that connection. I don't feel like he's going to be willing to put the bullet in him five games, six games into his yeah. tenure there. Like, cause, man, that would be savage. 
But like, I think that it should have been done last well, year. The, I th- yeah, I think there's there's some big questions that have to be answered at the Broncos over the next Mate, the, few the, over the next few weeks and like the next few is, months. This, you know, gotta, this sort of shit just won't fly. Play yeah. there. Like you know, the Dragons had to do it with Nighty. Seattle had to do it with Merritt. Some like you, some, you've yeah. got to. None of them were the captain though. That's true. That's mm. the, that's the, that's, that's the a thing. very good point. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. Alrighty, on to uh, on to Monday. Man uh, the uh, the Good Parramatta board. Eels, 512. <laughs> West right. Tigers, fuck all. Hey, they got a try. Good on them. They did a try. Was they it did. was it Matt, was it Madalena that scored? It was. My apologies. Big Ben. The big man. Uh, look, if you're not shit posting by kicking a field goal when you're 700 points up, what are we really doing here? Lord, that was amazing. Biggest wasn't it? fu moment. People moments, being like, people being like, I'm I'm, oh, ba- I'm mad about this it. because I it's, nearly it's, fell it's, off my chair. Yeah, it I was, was like, do it. it. When else he gonna do it? Yeah. When else? It's like people saying, oh, he shouldn't he shouldn't have done it. It was disrespectful. You know what's disrespectful? Conceding 50 points. I agree. <laughs> In front <laughs> of paying customers. Want, if you don't want him to kick a field goal when he's up by 44, don't let him be up by 44. Yeah. It's this weird thing across like... <laughs> it's this weird thing you across, are the master of your destiny, friends. <laughs> it's this weird thing that seems to be... It's not just limited to rugby league. It's just this weird thing in sport that fans have about respect. Yeah. And just players doing anything that shows an ounce of like flair or humour well, is deemed as disrespectful. I always, think it's, I always think it's weird in the states where they have oh you can't run up the score you can't run up oh the you score. can't it's look like, at, you can't hit a home run and then like look at it yeah you're it's showing like, up the picture it's like get the fuck you know out if that's disrespectful like stop me from hitting the home run yeah. don't let me put fifty on you you yeah. know and the, the, it's, I, I, yeah. I shouldn't have to cater to you just because I've thrashed you and like the, the, <laughs> exactly. like, like the, you don't have to be you don't have to be a dick about it or anything but no. you know if you up by there's a difference between kicking a field goal. Yeah. And Paul Gallen telling the Knights they're a reserve grade team. Like, yeah, those like, are two see, different things. So that's just exactly, mean, you know? exactly. But if you're up by fifty, I think you've you've earned the right to do a couple and of things. You've earned the right to sort it's of. It's your feel team's do, first you know? game in their new home stadium. Give them something to smile about. And yeah. On top of the seventy-three tries, you've <laughs> um, first player to uh, score a try, Mitchell Moses, kick kick a goal. And, and kick, kick a field, field goal. goal. Holy in the, shit! In the opening try, you might not have seen this, bungers, but. Vossi was commentating the game on Fox and dead said it was, um, you know, oh, Alvaro's off and that's the first HIA <laughs> in the new Parramatta Stadium. And, well, we had three oh, the- Reynolds is, Brooks has kicked out on the full and that's the first kick out on the full at the new Parramatta Stadium. Well, he, was, was, he was loving himself was, sick. It was really There was great. three HIAs in the first 10 minutes. Bit of a wild start. But man, Parra just thrashed them through the middle. It was unbelievable. I've, mm. I've not seen a... Like a I mean, it, it was shades of Madges last year in Seattle how soft it was through the middle. But they cut, like, I don't know. I, I was not expecting this. Was well, I, uh, I I have to take some responsibility for this. I have a new column at the Daily Telegraph and I have a thing in it where yeah. I have I talk I talk a little bit about a player that not everyone knows who, but they kind of should. And the first one I picked was Alex Twile, who's had mm. a really good season to this point. I thought you were going to say Robbie Farrer. <laughs> and he had a great game against the Broncos the week, but the week before really helped stand up to the to the Broncos pack. And then in this game, he had, he had his worst game in first grade. Like, I mean, the, point, got... the point that you're making about HIAs... <laughs> he got smacked. Having Robbie Farrer go off in that kind of manner that mm. early... Well, yeah, that like who tough. makes 400 tackles a game... Exactly. Very, yeah, exactly. And touches the ball more than anyone else in the team. Probably a significant contributing factor to you the fact that they were right, You might be right, Dalroots. You might be right. I reckon there, there was something as well. They had that big emotional win over the Broncos the Thursday before. Yep. That's a it's a big gap between it's a big gap between games from the Thursday 10, night. Eleven days. Yeah, to oh, the yeah. next Monday. So I'm I'm not surprised they were a little bit flat. But how long it stuff, feels like, like since we last did a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like the, the 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 Jennings try, for example, where Gutho just picked it up from dummy half and went, and no one even got near him. And yeah. the crazy you know part I mean? was you can't be doing you can't be doing when it was nil all they had a. Bloke get held up and two tries chalked off for forward passes. So yeah. they like they actually left some points on the board. I know. 
It was it was dominance that we've not seen from a Parramatta team in some time. Like Let- they were discussing on ABC what was Parramatta's all time winning record. Like oh, they well, like, I assume it was against. Uh, they beat South 54 0 in 2000. It was uh, against the Sharks yes. 74 yeah. 4. Of course it was. Andrew yeah. Dalana tried to kick a field goal and they were down 74 4. He bloody did. Good what, on him. What a legend. If you're never going to do it then, as you say, when are you going to do <laughs> when it? When are you going to do it? I didn't, I, didn't see, I, didn't see, I didn't see the fat cat. Didn't see the haters call, on Twitter back then, boys. I'll tell you. Disrespectful. Not in 03. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't catch him. I tell you what, I said this on Twitter last night. Let the Junior Paulo origin hype go forth from this time Pick, and place. Let it begin. I'm, I'm in. I'm all in. Let's mm. do it. Let's okay. get let's get the like we talk about it's big man season. Let's get the biggest man possible okay. in the biggest arena possible. You want let's to, do it. Is Sean Lane getting a start as well? Well, I don't know about that. He's uh, he's not big in the way Paulo's That's true. big. No, he's a tall man. He's, he's a tall, not, it's tall, not tall man, man season. season. <laughs> it's not tall man season. Get out of here. Maybe next year. Um, he does have the worst haircut in the NRL though. Yeah, he looks like he's in Dawson's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we want to talk about the stadium? Well, you you were out there. Yeah, I was going to so tell you how, how was it. It looks uh, to to use a young man's parlance lit. Uh, I did. I think I did message you and say it looks lit. It, it is. It is lit. It is lit. Um, I, you don't want to sort of get caught up too much in the hype. Like obviously, you know, new stadium. But it was it was cool before the game. Like I did a tour of the ground. Went around the went around the state. The God, speaking the, of fat cats. Well, mate, it was nice. Like they showed show me around. Showed me like the field level club is really cool. Like there's Parramatta's got this corporate thing where like it's on the ground. And the tunnel, not it's not even tunnel, the players actually walk out in the middle of the function room. Spurs, Spurs have that at their new at their new venue. Few, yeah, as well. they do. Not yeah. unlike Optus Stadium not has unlike it in the members set up at the SCG. Yes, very yes. true. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, a little bit like yeah, that. Nice. And and um, so like it's quite funny. The guy was telling me that they had this at Optus Stadium, and for the first game, both teams walked out. Then they realised having the away team in such close proximity to like drunk punters was a bad idea. So now only the home team comes out through there. And the God away bless, team. God bless the drunk punters. I agree with that. <laughs> for they will inherit um, the earth. But I went up to the very, very top of the of the seats, like just to try and see the view from like the worst seats, if you like, barring those few humorous photos of obstructed view seats that we saw doing the rounds last week. Yes, and, yes. Um, In the corporate. So I went up there for the, during the reserve grade game, and uh, the uh, the play was down at the other try line, and I could see everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because it's so high. Yeah. So like, would you? Compare it to sort of Amy Park because I know that was the, yeah, the one it, that was the yeah. sort of the comparison I, he was doing the rounds I, for a while. I wrote, I mean, this, but this is a dumb comparison that pretty much no one except people that went to watch Socceroos in 2014 is going to know. I wrote that it was comparable to the Arena de Baisada in Curitiba, in that it's so steep that you feel like you're right on top of the yeah nice. on top of the games. It reminds, and in that sense, it does remind me a lot of like the uh, the Bombonera where yeah. it's like a 45 degree rate. Yeah, pick. Well, I think I think Andrew Webster wrote in his column that they were like. Mil, mil, like at whatever the I think the maximum gradient is like thirty four degrees. Yeah, and they're at like thirty three point eight degrees. Yeah, or something like this that. is the same in terms of steepness because they're talking about the same kind of thing with the new stadium they're building for Everton, Mate, if, and they're like, yeah, if they've got to build it at a massive rake to fit it in. And um, so it's quite interesting, right? So they've got three the 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 two the two the two stands behind the goals and the stand on the eastern side are all seats, and then the entire western stand is corporates. So you got that field level club that I was talking about, and then. The three levels above it are all corporate seats as well. So Para mm. really wanted that corporate vibe, but as a compromise, the Wanderers wanted um, the seats. So the like the six the six bays of seats at the bottom of the Peter Sterling stand, which is the north stand, the seats are removable. 
So when the Wanderers oh, play yeah, there, yeah. the RBB is going to be in there. Yeah, and it's going to be safe no standing. Seat. Yeah, which yeah. is going to cool. be amazing. I'm going there for Wanderers versus Leeds United in a few weeks' time, hopefully to see a Premier League team for the first time. Why are Wanderers going to be in the Premier I'll League? I'll stop it. Um, and yeah, So that'll be one more exciting little wrinkle to the stadium that we didn't get to see yet. But the noise at this place was fucking amazing. Well, what I thought... When, what, what, what I thought was interesting is... Um, and you could really tell during the game is how sort of... Uh, Almost enclosed. Yeah, the whole thing is like yeah, yeah, yeah. you see the you see these old like uh, what's a good like Leichhardt for example. You know, like Leichhardt's There's quite so many quite pockets spread out air and, to and let open escape. and stuff like mm. that. No, this is like a this is like a box with the lid taken off. Correct. Yeah. You know exactly right. So that entire basically the entire stadium is. Like why it's not like at um it's not like at the cricket ground where you have to like where there's gaps in between the stands yeah where you have to like go through like a fence to get from one stand to the other it's all one big thing yeah and because it's so steep and because the roof comes out basically almost over the field like the noise gets trapped in there nice so when Moses ran that seventy meters oh that, that would ball, have been it was that would have been um, it might be the loudest moment. I've ever like at a rugby league game might be the loudest I've ever heard a bunch of fans so I can only imagine what kind of noise if the Wanderers ever get good again a packed Paramount Stadium is going to do yeah. when they're playing. And also, when the Eels came in the field for the first time, basically the entire entire stadium was blue and yellow flags waving. It looked really cool. One weird thing was the pockets of empty seats. I sent you guys a photo of it. It was just strange. Well, like, was, I, well yeah, 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 that was, was strange because that. the mail going around was that it had been sold out for well, like a week. And I mean, Eddie Smith tried to get tickets. And yeah, he, and, and he, he couldn't, couldn't get them. Couldn't get um, it. Supposedly they said they said that they'd sold it out and then they had some limited release stuff. Well, I think it must have but been like... It must have been um, like uh, like they must have given away like too many free tickets to like local families or some shit. Well, the That's really the only only like logic logical explanation I can think of that. Like yeah, top corners always yeah. the top corners. Yeah, yeah. So there was big pockets of empty space, but I mean it was mostly full and it was unbelievable. It I, is. I mean, I've been to Amy Park quite a few times. I've been to Suncorp. I, I to me, it's the best stadium in the country. Wow! I mean, uh, uh, sorry, the best rectangular stadium in the country because I mean, the M- I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the MCG, the MCG is fantastic. I'm, I've only been there for wrestling, Never but it was a lot MCG. of fun. It's fantastic. Well, you hate <laughs> AFL, so <laughs> can I recommend not going for the AFL then? Okay, okay, I'll wait another 15 years before they have a league that game there again. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised just based on the reception to the stadium that like the Roosters and the Waratahs just abandoned the SCG. Like and just play as many games as possible out there. Be, well, you know, well, the, the Waratahs sort of could. I think I they don't are, know if the Roosters playing, could. The Roosters probably couldn't because they'd have some agreement with the trust or whatever. They but do definitely. I reckon for the first maybe eighteen months, you'll get a big sort of uptick in crowds just because people are saying, "Well, I've got to go see this new stadium." Yeah. Because I was thinking about this the other day. It's twenty years since a new stadium opened in Sydney. Mm. You know, the, the Olympic Stadium was 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 the most recent one. The, the only other sta- major stadium upgrade that's happened in New South Wales was Hunter when they built the uh, when they built the the new Western Grandstand. Yes. That was in two thousand and nine, yeah. I believe. That sounds right. Uh, yeah. And and yeah, as you say, I mean, I, like I would, I just want to go and see a game there. Like the so Raiders, the Raiders, Raiders are playing Parra there in a couple there? of weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen to go to that. Keen to get there just as. Let's all just go. Go. I just want to go see it. You know, mm. it d- the Dragons are playing there next week. Get out there. Oh, that'll be sick. That's on a Sunday. I don't know. That's no, a work day. Um, yeah, it's um. I encourage anyone that was thinking, even if you don't go for a team that even plays if there, just even if your team doesn't have nerd, a like us, well, yeah, even if your team doesn't have a game against the Eels or the Tigers there this year, just get out there. It, it was a true treat. Um, I did enjoy they did this big song and dance about advertising a whole bunch of food items for under five dollars. You'll never guess what price they were. Four ninety nine. They were four ninety. Nice. <laughs> Good on. Uh, like, yeah. This is a bit of a tangent. Why are we still complaining about the price of food at the just footy in twenty nineteen? Like. 
Everyone knows the. Everyone knows the. Like food I had a walk down church. Like I walked from the station down Church Church Street to the, to Para, and like there's Bar Luca there now. There's a Messina. There's everything you could possibly want. Yeah, like, it's, just stop we, we know it, we all know it's expensive. It has been forever. It'll never get cheap. Give it up. Yeah, yeah. give it up. It's no. It's no. Take a sandwich. No Atlanta Stadium. Put it well, that that's way. A, no yeah, dollar so that's they seem to be the benchmark, right? If people don't know Atlanta Stadium in in America, the the concessions are incredibly incredibly cheap. Yes, but um, I mean, again, but you're paying through the nose to go to an NFL game in the first place. That is correct. So only in America. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will, yes. Semi Rundrundra. Oh, he's absolutely buried it. Rundrundra. It's news time. No news this week. Moving on to tipping the games. No, uh, Gus is stepping down from Penrith. Yep. Uh, the How do we feel about this? Um, I am both happy and sad. Look, credit to him for trying to bring a premiership to Penrith. Didn't work out. Sometimes things don't work out. There's a lesson in there, kids. Never try. Never we try. Were talk- me and Bungard were talking a little bit about this when the news first came out. And I asked him if Gus's time at Penrith was a success or a failure. I would deem it a success, not a roaring one, mm. but a I success. I would say a slight failure. And Bungard reckons slight failure. Well, they lost so more games accept- than they want. I know, but let me make my case. Yep. And then you can make, you can make yours. Sounds and then good. Dale can be the arbiter. Okay. Gus mm. Gould will be cut in two. And both men. Like, Sol- <laughs> like King Solomon. <laughs> I'll eat the pie. Anyway, so I think it's a mistake to approach evaluating Gus's time at Penrith from a results on the field standpoint because he's not the, he's not the coach. He's never been the coach. And he might have been had influence on the team on how it was picked or whatever, but he's not been the coach of this football team. Gus's job at Penrith... You've got to remember the dire straits they came to they, that uh, the club was in when he arrived. Gus's job at Penrith was reviving the Panthers and putting them back together. And a large part of that has been uh, securing a lot more sort of um, corporate support, which they have through the Panthers group, which is doing really well. I know uh, he played a really big role in getting the Centre of Excellence up, which is one of the best facilities in the NRL. And certainly a big step up from when they were training from out underneath the grandstands at uh, Pepper Stadium, which they were doing for a long time when he arrived. But the biggest thing has been uh, fixing the junior development out there, fixing the junior systems, which should be the best in the league because the western suburbs of Sydney, particularly the Penrith area, are among the best breeding grounds that this sport has. And they've also gone pushing into Western New South Wales with games in Bathurst yeah. and further youth development. Yeah, so like, oh, so I think Gus's biggest job and the, the greatest legacy he'll leave behind is how he's really sort of fixed that apparatus. Penrith should be a powerhouse in the juniors. Penrith should be cranking out young, good young players all the time. And for the two or three years before, well, longer than that, even for the four or five years, before Gus got there, that just wasn't happening. The players who were coming through either weren't making it or weren't ending up at Penrith. And the biggest criticism I would have of Gus's uh, sort of roster management in his time as general manager is that he kept kicking the can down the road. He never gave a squad time to settle and sort of build into their own thing. It was always about, well, you know, we've got this guy, but then we've got this guy coming down the road, and then we've got this guy behind him. For example, Matt Moylan and Bryce Cartwright signed two contracts worth a combined 10 years and served a season each, and then they were gone. You know what I mean? They they yeah. like they were never they were net like the there were various players that would come that would would come in for a year and then they're out. So they he, were, he would c- constantly expect 
immediate success. Yeah, that's the thing. He, he like I, I don't think the club was as willing to commit to a large group of players as as their guys as their nucleus for a mm. long time. So that so that is a is is a, is a failing of sorts. But he's built them into consistent finals contenders. They've made the finals three years in a row now. They were a win out of the top four last year, and I think if they'd had a better coach once Ivan Cleary left the first time, things could have been extremely different because they have had a lot of talent. So. I don't think this is a zero-sum game. I don't think they had to win a premiership for Gus's time there to be a success. Yeah. But I would say they're in a much better shape now than they were when he got there. Mm. So, to me, and, it and was... And as you say, like, the point that you make about Panthers is, like, they're, they're one of, like, the two or three biggest social clubs in the city. Yeah. Like, them... Mounties has a turnover of, like, $400 million. Yeah. Panthers has a club in Newcastle, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, it's them... Maybe Rudy like Hill. West's group. Like yeah. they have two fairly big leagues clubs as well. Mm-hmm. But well, obviously South Juniors, but that's slightly different. Um, but yeah, as I say, like like yeah. Panthers are a massive business. Yeah. They, so the the Panthers have had the the resources off the field and the the playing resources as well mm. to be much better than they were uh, when when Gus first got there. And I think that's his biggest legacy is that he yeah. sort of recommitted that and refocused that so Bunga? not saying he's a smashing success no, but I would say he's a success I, I get what you're saying but like I mean in the time he was there this team didn't do any better than they did the year before he got there when the Luke Walsh Kevin Kingston Penrith Panthers <laughs> guys were. can we have a four hour podcast about the Ted <laughs> Panthers please I mean share they, that to Shunter he knows, he knows how they are I'll bet he does but like I mean, they didn't have, they didn't really have any of these squads that exceeded that team in terms of on-field results. I mean, that team ran second and uh, flamed out in the semis. But um, yeah, they they had Sometimes as many the brightest things burn. The well, they had one top four finish in the entire time Gus was there. Which, as you said, I know you said premierships aren't everything, but when you have, as you said, the what should be the best junior nursery in the entire competition, then you have to expect a little bit better than that. And I mean, it's it's all well and good to be competitive. But they're just one of those teams that's perpetually treading water. And I'm not sure that if you're a fan of the Panthers, you're necessarily happy with the fact that you're just, you know, in that cluster of teams that are running 5th to 10th every year. Uh, where, how are the Panthers any different to Brisbane? In what sense? In the well, sense... Well, the in, only difference in, is that... One's in Penrith. For now. <laughs> the other. For now. <laughs> Brisbane. But, like, my they, point they is... Are, they are the Brisbane of, of yeah. Sydney in a lot of ways. Like, massive... They have the biggest junior base. They have massive junior the biggest base, financial backing big from success a league financially. Club or not a league, or whatever club you'd call Panthers. But, Social club. Sure. Um, but, you know, and then there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things he did in terms of the on-field team that just rubbed me the wrong way as well. I mean, you mentioned the fact that they ran Matt Moylan out of town for, because they had a shiny new Dylan Edwards. And then, I mean, he hasn't exactly set the world on fire this Where's year. Where's Caleb Aiken when you was him? There was the multiple assurances both public and private to Anthony Griffin's job that he was safe that he was the man to lead them to the promised land this this of course after he got rid of Ivan Cleary because Cleary looked tired whatever mm. that means who then again was brought back to the club as a means to stop his son from leaving in a couple of years time there's a lot of personnel decisions that make, didn't make sense to me he ran Michael Jennings out of the club Michael Jennings of course went on to I don't know what win premierships and uh, I, look, have a I, lot of success no, I, I understand at, I I understand why they had to get rid of Jennings and mm-hmm. Lewis, even though they went on to be good players. And I was going to say, I that, think it was about making a clean break. Sure. With the pass. That, Sorry, that, keep going. That was my next one. Was Luke Lewis? I mean, if you want to justify the Michael Jennings decision by saying that he was, you know, he, his disciplinary record was untenable, I guess that's fair enough. I personally don't think anything he did off the top of my head was nothing. I think that it was just have, a lot of little. things. There was a lot of little things. Exactly. And I think, right. I think was, he had gotten a bit stagnant. Uh, sure. 
But then the Lewis one to me yeah, is just the one that makes no sense yeah. because, I mean, by all accounts, great guy. Club legend. Everybody loves him. And then he goes on to have what, like a whole bunch of good seasons at the Sharks and win a premiership. And now he retires as a club legend at two different clubs. So mm. good on him. Um, it, it, it's weird. I just don't feel like... I don't look at Penrith and I never looked at Penrith in this whole time and looked at their team on paper and thought, geez, this is a team that's going to challenge the heavyweights for a title. And they never really did. I mean, they, what, they finished fourth and made the prelim in... 2014. That's right. They beat the Roosters they with the a Roosters, Sowie that, field goal. But that Roosters game was their grand final. Exactly. And then when they got bounced by a Bulldogs team who, to this day, remain the worst team to make a grand final in the NRL era. Um, I don't know. If you're a Panthers fan and you have looked back on this last near decade with any sort of... I'm sure there's good individual memories from game to game, but to me, it's not a period of the club that they're going to be like, man, we, we, we built something special here. Yeah. I don't know. It's good. Mm. Dale? No one is the winner, and it's definitely not Penrith. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Sorry to disappoint you. Judge Roots and his hanging jury. Mm. Mm. Hanging. I do do think it's interesting that, you know, I think a lot of... Well, I think the things I said were true and all the things you said were true. You know, it's not... It's a very mixed bag. I don't feel like there is an answer. That's my thing. What what sort of ran through my head when you were talking about Jennings and Lewis and all that sort of stuff? Like, so much has happened to Penrith. Yeah. They've been through so many, like, oh, you know, the the, the skipper's on the outer and this club legend's got to go. Like, it just feels like, while a lot of ground, I think, has been made, it's also been a very eventful... Tumultuous. Eight-year period. Yeah. yeah. Tumultuous is the word. Anyway, mm. we'll see how we go. And this is a minor thing, but I do think Gus being involved in day-to-day footy had caused him to sort of fall out of love, fall out of love with footy a little bit. I think bit. that's probably true as well. I know mm. that came through in his commentary, but that's me speculating. Anyway... Alrighty, we'll go from that chat, which was lovely. Thank you, gents. To to picking the games for this week, Eastern Suburbs versus Dragons on Anzac Day, Thursday, the 25th of April, lest we forget. My tip to the punters would be don't go. Watch it on TV. Yeah, because the SG sucks. sucks ass. Roosters. Uh, Roosters. I'm going to go the Dragons just because, you know, why not? And I actually reckon the SCG will be better because it'll be... Pretty close to full. The atmosphere is not the issue, Nick. It's that you can't see the game. Yeah, it's yeah, also look, that there's a cricket true. pitch in the middle of the. Field. Yeah, look, I'm not. I'm, yeah, you know, I'm not saying. It's no Bankwest Stadium. I just think it'll be better than you than uh, than it's Oh, been. mate, imagine if after going to Bankwest on Monday, I was going to this part. That that no no, I can't even think about it. I feel for you. Uh, alrighty, speaking of better stadiums than the SCG, Melbourne Storm versus New Zealand Warriors at Edwin Flackfield in now Melbourne that's a Stadium. Now there's a venue. Uh, give me Melbourne by several. Storm are going to work out some issues and the Warriors are going to bear the brunt of it. Warriors mm. always play them tough, especially on Anzac Day, but I'm going to tip the Storms as well. Mm. Alrighty. Uh, Friday evening game at the Olympic Stadium. It's Canterbury Bankstown versus North Queensland. Who, pretty pretty even who here. Who signed this, off on this? This could be the worst thing in the world. Um, Greenberg out. Yeah, I agree. Cowboys, why Cow- not? Who Cowboys, cares? yeah. Cow- cows, maybe not by plenty though, because I don't especially think especially if Tamalolo's back. I don't think I don't think they've got it in them. Uh, alrighty, Penrith versus South Sydney at Panthers Stadium, mm. the foot of the mountains. Mm. Can't tip South. Can't tip Penrith right now. Got to go South. South for me as well. Come on, what are we doing here? Penrith. Uh, alrighty, Saturday at Scully Park in God's own Tamworth. Wow. It's Wests Tigers versus the Gold Coast Titans. Well, big big Titans. Big Titans fan community out there at Tamworth. They love them out there. Hmm. What? <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe you. For they a call second. it Little Gold Coast. <laughs> no 
they're both full of old people. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know. Replace, I think replace I, giant guitars <laughs> with roller coasters. <laughs> Look, they the have a golden place. guitar. They have a gold coast. You that's can coast it, down the home. Takes a fair bit to pull the wool over the eyes of Dale Root. I was like, I think I, I, was I, like, think what I just you, did it. This, did. this is so um, absurd. It can't be wrong. <laughs> I've tipped West uh, in every game this year. Wow, really? That's weird. Let's not talk about it. You're it's my weird love of Matt McGuire. You're a dickhead. Uh, fantastic. Am I, Dale? Because I've tipped them correctly nearly half the time. Yes. So, <laughs> joke's on you. Uh, <laughs> ooh, I want to... I, I think... This is a tough one. Yeah. Um, I think the Titans might do them, you know. I think we can expect a uh, sort of renewed effort from the Tigers after the shame they suffered on, on... Any effort? On Monday. Oh, well, ooh. they can't win the comp now because they've got 50 put on David Nofaluma on an extended they bench. Sure give it to R- me. Nofa's been in Reggie's the last two weeks. I don't know what they're doing carrying on with Mahe Fanua, the craziest man in the NRL. I'm going to go the Tigers, but with not much confidence. Well, yeah, I'm tipping them again. Alrighty. <laughs> For Br- the memes. Brisbane versus the Sharks at Lang Park. Brisbane, who are 14th. That seems high. Yeah, me too. Sure? What? Who are they above? The Bulldogs uh, and Knights? The Bulldogs and Knights, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Yes, my apologies. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. No Brighton Nakora for the Sharks, which That's hurts. big out. Mm. No Nakora, no Sharks, in my humble opinion. Oh. Well, that's, that's been the same down there for years. Mm, I know. Uh, one years. Well, uh, look, the strength for me, for Brisbane, for me, is their forward pack. And there's one team you can't sort of boss around. It's the Sharks. And with that in mind, the Sharks have more quality in the back seven. So I'm going to say Cronulla. Yeah, I'm going to say the Sharks as well. Yeah, so will I. Uh, alrighty, uh, Sunday afternoon at Brookvale Oval, it's Manly Warringah versus Canberra. Oh, you better believe Nick Campton will this be there. This is going to be a banger. I am going to go. I am going to be there actually. Hundred percent. Is that going to? Are you going to be on the bus for this one? You do have to get the bus, Nick. You do have to get bus the bus to Brookvale. Uh, it's actually quite easy. Have we'll you talk about this off air? Have you been to Brookie before? I've the last the last time I went to Brookie was two thousand and four. Oh, it hasn't changed. They had a reunion of the nineteen eighty seven grand final sides. I got Mal Meninga's autograph. It was a seminal moment for in my young life. Canberra hadn't lost to Manly in seven years, but it pissed down rain and they lost that day pretty heavily. And thus began well thus continued the long streak of my youth where I went to games Canberra games and they got thrashed. Mm. Uh, they're not gonna lose this one though. Canberra. I'm taking Canberra. If they're serious, if they have the sort of aspirations I think they should have after this start, they should be able to handle a committed Manly side. Without Fanua Blake and Trebojevic. Mm, Big out. Answer. Uh, give me the Raiders as well. And the last game of the round, because it's a land that God forgot. It's Newcastle versus Parramatta at Hunter Stadium. Jeez. I mean, this is what. How is, is this, this even sixth, close? Is this their fifth home game already as well? Fourth. Are you sure? It's going to be more than that. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It is either sorry, way, man. either way, I mean, after what Parramatta did last week. Like, Parramatta are we seventy. What? I mean, they it, should be. They should. I should have to just give them money and they take it. Which well, is I don't how think we're at the works, point yet with a team like Parramatta where you can blindly trust them to beat anyone on the road. They mm. did lose nine eight nil the week before ago. this. They yeah, did, yeah. but that was to a good team. Hey. Doesn't matter. Mm. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be fifty one to six, but I do think Parramatta will win. I think Parra won't be as good as they were on Monday, but I do think they'll have enough to win. And I think this is Nathan Brown's last game as coach of the Newcastle Knights. All right, good answer. Are you serious? <laughs> We're going to have a minute of questions. Alrighty, it's question time. Alrighty. Question time. Uh, we gave the shout out and you shouted back like the void. Uh, alrighty, Pat Lawrence, he goes with Ray Gus's stint at Penrith, assuming 11 out of 10 isn't going to be required. Well, we, Pat, we just we smashed listen to the 20 minute debate we had on that issue. I'd, I'd give him a six. Four. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, fair enough. I'll go with if the five. If you average our answers, he was perfectly, <laughs> perfectly average, mediocre. As all things should be. <laughs> Thanos would be proud. <laughs> right. 
Gus brought balance to the Panthers. All I know is to my gut says maybe. To be fair, he did get rid of half of their squad. <laughs> <laughs> Some it's kind Gus, of infinity bracelet. We cracked it. Gus is the Thanos <laughs> of rugby league. Uh, alrighty, Frankie, 1987, says, What are you Palookas watching at the moment other than footy? Game of Thrones. Yeah, I think everyone in the world is watching Game of Thrones. I am not. Never look, got into it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to so say that it's... Smart. No, no, no. It's so not, unique. I'm not like that. I'm not saying that it's... It's shit. It's not. It's just I didn't get into it. I I've noticed that because so many people are watching Game of Thrones, the amount of terrible Game of Thrones takes are just like yeah. This is the problem when lots of like people like things. Uh, Killing Eve. Yeah, this isn't you, Dale, because you are correcting that you are not that guy. But I love that the average Thanks, person man. who makes a big song and dance about how they don't watch Star Wars or Game of Thrones or any of that shit is usually the same person who spends like six hours a week watching like Bogans find fake wives on reality TV. Yeah, or, or I just find it relaxing. It's just a bit of fun. Yeah, I just enjoy Fuck it. Off. Or have fucking weeaboo fucking Twitter handles. <laughs> uh, alrighty, Mitch, uh, Mr. S888, Campo. Noah yeah. and Andruku versus Kenny Nagus. Who you got? Noah. Yeah, I got I to gotta go Noah. I think Kenny ended up staying for longer, but Noah was like a transcendent Didn't Noah and Andruku score like 30 tries in a season? He scored 22 tries in a season uh, twice. twice. Yeah. He, he got over 20 twice. So Nagus was probably better in the 94 grand final, but mm. I think Noah was the... Was the superior player no- Kenny Kenny had a lot of injury troubles No one Andrew Who was era. like The first He was one of the first Fijian players to come out here Well right? he was the first Fijian He was the first Fijian winger To really make it And yeah. like I, I know I have a tendency To go off on tangents But I'm going to do it again here After Canberra got stung With the salary cap in 1990 And they lost a lot of uh, Their premiership players The guys like uh, Nigel Gaffey Who played ended up playing A lot of first grade for East Guys like David Barnhill Who wanted to play for Australia mm. Barnhill was involved Shout out Harry Ramage and Tim Sheens had to really remodel the roster. So what he did was he went, he sent all his scouts to the Pacific Cup that was being played that year between Fiji, Samoa, Tonga, New Zealand, Maori, and I think Papua New Guinea. Yep. And coming back from that, they um, they managed to sign John Lomax, Quentin Pongia. Uh, Noah and Andrew had just switched to league at that point. He didn't even really have a club. He was just playing. And it, re- it was the first sort of en masse wave of, of Islander players coming to the NRL. There'd been guys before that, guys like... Um, uh, Henry Tatana and John Fafita for Saints back in the 70s. But the modern influence of Polynesian players can really be traced to that initial Canberra recruiting class. And Noah Andruku was a big part of that. And without Noah Andruku, there might not have been a Semi Rad Radra. There might not have been a Mike Sivo. There might not have been an Akia Akil- Iwata, you know? so And then we wouldn't have a news drop. Yeah, and so... I don't want to no, win no, that no, Noah over Kenny for those sorts of reasons. That was a very interesting pick. tangent. Yeah, that's good. For that. Ten out of ten. Uh, alrighty, Moretti EH. Not a question. Just proud that someone from, someone from Camden has made it to the big pod boys of podcast land. You. Uh, he Two also, five seven zero. Oh, how good. He also asks, when are we relocating the Broncos to Perth? I think we'll leave that one uh, this week. Um, Dave Mesut Ozil. Last question. Yeah, that's not right. He's asked several questions. Uh, is Campo prepared for my takes if I arrive in Sydney for the Parramatta game in June and the Raiders are top of the league? We might like paint the Opera House green. Are you if if, another, Dave, are you if Dave comes down here and Canberra are top of the ladder, we'll get up to all sorts of Raiders-related shenanigans. Are you going to spill another beer on him? <laughs> I'm going to spill like 20 beers on him. <laughs> just, it's going to be crazy. He's going to go to the top of Bankwest Stadium and just throw beers at Dave. Yeah. And it, I mean, oh, he, does, he does have a notable head. So you're going to baptise him with VB. Let's drink some beers and roll down some muddy embankments. <laughs> <laughs> you look good in an oversized shirt. Uh, alrighty. Uh, I'm what's seven. Is there a better first try than Sherry's to kickstart his career? And if so, whom? I saw a video, uh, the, the fan, uh, Vossi's show on Fox League, put up Matt Bowen's first career try Ooh, earlier today. Good answer. And it's uh, about an 80-metre effort where he just gets a bit of space and just goes. 
So that that one's right up there. Um, I'm not sure if Leon Bott's try. I know that's a weird name to pull out, no, but fine. he scored a similar kind of try against the Roosters in 2005 early in his career. I don't know if it was his first though, but Sherry's has to be right up there. Like I know everyone had been saying every time we got the ball, oh he's got pace, he's got pace. But it's one thing to hear that, and then it's another thing to see it. You mm. know, so it was awesome. And and also as you're saying, like he's got pace. They were bloody touching themselves last week when he ran past Gutherson. The bloke has no limbs. Yeah, that's like true. Gutherson was quick. He's also had two knee reconstructions. Well, and I, I do think we're overlooking um, John Bateman and Ryan Sutton's first NRL career trials. Okay, well, he, so, makes, he makes a valid point. Just let him just let speaking, that be there. Speaking of RCB Sharks, who is on the Raiders Mount Rushmore? Good question. Oh, it's got it. Mal, Mal, definitely. Yep. Laurie, Laurie, definitely. Ricky, definitely. Bradley Clyde, Alan uh, Tung, and then that fourth, that fourth Simon spot. Wolford. Tung's a good shout. Tung's, Tung's a good shout. Oh, it's probably like, Jason Croker, right? Uh, I think it's Jared Croker. It's probably going to be Jared Croker yeah. by the end. It'll be Jared, I think. He's scoring 170 points a season. He'll be the NRL's all-time scorer, all-time leading scorer. I think by the end it'll by be Jared end, yeah, Croker, but right now like it could be Walters, it could be Clyde. See, the good thing with Jason Croker. the good thing nah, with Croker Mullins, is you could think. like when you go past Goulburn, they have that hill at the back of the jail. You could just have a Goulburn Mount Rushmore. Right, Dale, I've got don't, some. Don't I've give got him up. The two croakers. Dale, let's talk about this off air and, and re- let's really, let's really commit. At, let's really commit to this. I'll, I'll, br- I'll bring so you some I'll sketches. Prob- I'll probably go uh, Steve Walters now, or Brad Clyde now, mm. but then Jared Croker by the end of his career. Uh, he he follows on with: Is Chris O'Sullivan the most overlooked Raiders great? Oh, yes, hundred percent. That is such a great point. You know, the Raiders might have folded if Chris O'Sullivan, if not for Chris O'Sullivan, because hmm. again, after they breached the salary cap in nineteen ninety, and they didn't have a leagues club to support themselves, so they were really bleeding money, and they owed Chris O'Sullivan a hundred thousand dollars from his last contract, and he never claimed the money. And if he had, they might have needed to have been wound up. Yeah. So just that, not to mention that he was playing five eight. Um, in those first two premiership sides. Chris O'Sullivan is a huge part of Raiders history. The last foundation player to retire. Who said that? Who sent in that question? RCB Sharks. Good on you, RCB Sharks. That's a great one. Uh, and he, he finishes on with, uh, if the Raiders win it all under Ricky, what does that do to his coaching legacy? Well, it enhances it. It would really enhance it, I reckon. That would mean he'd have, what, two premierships? Yep. With two different teams? Yep. That's double the legacy. Yep. But it would also mean that he would coach Canberra until the day he died. Which, if he won a comp, I'd be all for. I was going <laughs> to say, and knowing the way that he is on the sideline, I can't see that being very yeah. long. Uh, moving on, uh, Eddie and Zed, do you enjoy a game less or more when your own team is playing? I stress more. Uh, I probably enjoy it more. Uh, sorry, I probably enjoy it. The peaks and the valleys. The are, peaks, are are, more yeah. You make I think, I think that I enjoy the game more when my team is playing, but I appreciate the game more. What about when the Dragons when and not. Raiders play each other, though? Well, that doesn't that doesn't happen very often. The only the only time I've ever sort of gone into a game and thought, Christ, I don't even want to watch this, was after that month last year where they lost, where Canberra lost thirty twenty eight thirty twenty eight nineteen eighteen. That's that's honestly the only time I've ever gone for the Raiders, even when they were even the years they were in the shit, where I just thought, man, I just I don't know if I can keep doing this. The only <laughs> that's it. single game ever where I the dread overcame the. Excitement was the 2014 prelim yeah. against the Roosters. Yeah, fair enough. I was, that whole day was the worst day of my life. Like I was just like, I can't handle this. We're gonna lose. Things that we were about to choke in a prelim for the third year in a row. We're never gonna win a comp. Life is meaningless. And then we won. <laughs> Footy. And then I knew we were gonna win the grand final by a million points, and we did. So. And yet, life remains meaningless. No, life's pretty good, Dale. Mm. This is nihilism hour with Dale Roots. <laughs> I have to try and pull it. I have to pull him off a ledge every a couple of weeks. Like literally. I hope not. 
tail. You're, you're just glad that I haven't figured out how to get up further in the apartment complex. If you did, we'd be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, alrighty, speaking of in trouble, here comes Patton Meister. Nathan Brown, has he dropped the ball on player development since he got experienced players? Good question. Simon L97 follows up with, please end the question at development. Well, I think, like, sort of tying into what we said before mm. about Gus, Newcastle is the other really uh, strong junior area in, in New South Wales. And, like, how many gun homegrown players are there on the Knights right now? Not Wasn't many. their last homegrown player Nathan Ross? Well, no, they've got guys like, they've got Sione Mataria. Yeah. They've got Danny Sorry, Levi. Sorry, my point was more the last they've given. signed. They've got my, some yeah. okay guys, but, like, you know, for it's for a great a, point. When the ground's that fertile, you should be growing a bit more. You know. Yes, it's true. Yeah, uh, it's a really good point. And there, I mean, there are some guys that haven't kicked. Like the Matadis, none of them really kicked on. Ah, uh, but one did play for Australia. Oh, I mean, Dale, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, you could don't, be about to hear the last. I've of already, this. I've already run off on two tangents <laughs> in this very segment. Please don't send me on another. My apologies. Alrighty, moving on. Butsy Triple Eight. What are Tigers fans to do now? We're mathematically eliminated from Premiership contention in round six. It's Commit tough. Seppuku. You'll be all right. Uh, Mr. Triple Eight, sorry, Mr. S. Triple Eight says, hopefully you can get some cheap holiday deals during the final series. Boom. Very true. Well, I mean, they they remain the... I mean, the Warriors made the finals last year, so the Tigers now stand alone with the longest finals drought of any team. Mm. Last made it in 2011. True. Uh, <clears throat> Jack Cronin. Did Ryan Pappenhausen's uh, injection in the front row late into the game <laughs> on Friday night prove that Little Man is back? Is it actually Little Man season? What a plot twist. <laughs> wow. Next question, please. Oh, wow, he didn't like it. I <laughs> liked it. No, I like that. I, I get what Jack's going for, but nah. I'm all in. It's little man season. Alrighty, speaking of little man. Me and Cam Murray. Little man taking over the world. Jack follows on with, was Connor Watson ever good at rugby league or is my men- memory deceiving me? Mitch did say at the start of last season, he will finish the season out of first grade. Did he not? Or was that Jackson, Jackson Hastings? Was it Connor The Watson? fact that their names are interchangeable uh, proves they, they're I, both I, football I, I, was, I was a bit high on Watson when he left the Roosters. I thought he turned into a good first grader mm. for the Knights, and he hasn't. Um, How wrong you were. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought he was so, above a 14, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. But I was impressed with him as a 14, so I don't know. Uh, he I'll, did win MVP of the final Auckland Nines. That is true. And there's a, there's Bring a, back the Auckland I shouldn't Nines. out myself, but I'm going to. There's a, there's, a, there's a story that I wrote. At the start of 2017, it was like a bold prediction for each club thing. And the one for the Roosters was that um, Connor Watson was going to take Luke Keery's spot. And fellas, that hasn't happened. <laughs> <No. laughs> Alrighty. Uh, Pythago NRL, Liam. Uh, how good is a points-based cap instead of a salary cap? I'm not exaggerating it could when the, I say... It could be the worst idea I've ever heard. It is the worst idea related to rugby league that anyone has ever come up with. They have points-based caps in a lot of country comps and they don't work. No. They don't work because all the clubs all the clubs do is scheme how to get around them. Mm. Now, the, my main sort worry like today, a salary cap. and I said, I said this to you, Dale, my main worry is that essentially it ends the careers of guys like Mitch Orbison, Scott Bolton, those sorts of guys. Their careers ended at 100 games. Mm. Yeah. They, they just don't get gigs anymore because they... Uh, teams will not want to give those extra points to like guys who are good first grade players but not rep players yeah. Yeah. when they can get a like 19 20 year old guy for in the, in the as a bench forward for you know a fourth of the number of points yeah there's some interesting articles out there that you can read about the NFL right now and about how teams are so obsessed with rookie contracts that it's impacting the quality of play because all they want to do is keep recycling and recycling and keep these guys on these cheap deals to give themselves cap flexibility yeah which is exactly what would happen out here or you like and I think that's a good point that you make that you know the Orbisons of the world would be dead in the water and if we didn't have Mitch Orbison who would we say is underrated 
Tyrone Roberts. Tyrone Roberts. <laughs> it's finally be his time to shine. But it's true. Like, those guys just wouldn't get jobs. Yeah. And that, that sucks. Exactly. I think someone was saying that earlier. Someone was saying they did this in the NBL and that's exactly what happened. There was mm. like competent, like, I don't know if the word is first grade, but competent NBL level basketballers who in their mid-20s were like out on the street so they could sign more 18-year-olds mm. at a lower you know, expense. Yeah, you know, they say, oh, democracy is not perfect, but it's the best system we have. The salary cap's kind of the same. It's never going to be perfect. Teams are always going to cheat it. There's always going to be like this stuff with Inglis where there's murky horrible shit areas that you got to work out yep. but for the most part it does its job which is mm. spread talent around the league and, and, I mean, and, every, all that, and all that we want all of us all that all of us want is just transparency well every team like whether it's the whether it's a point system whether it's more information about salaries yeah. being available whatever it is just we want to know more we want information and we want it to be honest every team's made a prelim since 20, uh, the eels were the last ones in 2009 yep right so every team's made a prelim in the last decade. So yeah. I think it's haven't had back to back premiers in Never. twenty yeah. si- in twenty six odd years. Super yeah. League doesn't count. Broncos yeah. fans, good man. You know the you long- can stay. You just said the longest finals drought is what eight years. Eight does years. nothing. It does, the salary cap does its job. It can be improved, but it doesn't need to be overhauled. Uh, Corey Goats was Phil Gould talking about the Broncos touch se- touch team when he was saying we had a chance of winning the comp. Phil Gould's always carried a little torch for the Broncos. Mm, very tall, very yeah. small, like a lighter. <laughs> Uh, he follows up with how good is meat? Meat, oh, meat's so good. <laughs> uh, what says, is it even worth listening to the podcast if Mitch isn't on the show? Well, you've made it this far. <laughs> well, he hasn't. Well, who knows? Well, he's going to fast forward to the question. <laughs> still get, still get, you still get the downloads. Shredding his podcast. Still gets the people talking. <laughs> Very true. Uh, is Cameron Smith the one behind this point system to even teams out so that no one will ever beat his points record? Simo 393. <laughs> Great question. There's like four layers of meme to that question. I'm there proud is, of you, there Simo. There really is. Uh, Matty McP, 25. How good is big man season? Who is the biggest surprise inclusion of big man season based on either their play or that they make the cut as a big man? Well, I haven't quite gone through the league and decided who is, is, is big man season. I'm going to be who inter- is eligible where for the, the golden, line is. For the golden hombre and, and who isn't. Mm. But um, I, it's more of just a sense. It's more of a feeling. Like, mm. you know, James Graham could lose 30 kilograms and he'd still be... There'd be a big man. Still be right in the thick of big man season. Yep. The most surprising guy who's gotten involved in big man season, probably Corey Waddell on the weekends throwing an offload through his legs. a sick pass. Didn't know a lot about Corey Waddell. Didn't care a lot about Corey Waddell, but mm. um, now I love Corey, Do- Corey Waddell with all my heart. Would you say that Moses Suley is not part of big man season? The only back who has ever been a part of big man season is Owen Craigie. Good answer. That is it and that is all. Mm. Wow, that's a great... What about Dell? No. Yeah? No. Nah. Not big enough? Ran too fast. Yeah, true. Good point. He was the f- Dragons' fastest over 40 in his last season, I think. Manu Vadovai? Nah, nah, scored too many tries. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> he can't be out here scoring tries. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. You, got, you, you can score tries, but not too many is tries. It, is it, is Hang this, on, Dean, Dean Witters played in the centres a lot. Dean, oh, Dean Witters, big man season, <laughs> written all over him. You kidding? This is the equivalent Does his of, best work off the bench. E- equivalent of, say, like, batsmen getting wickets. Like, you can't, you can, where, at what point do you become an all-rounder? Yeah. Steve Waugh rolled the arm over for a couple of, couple, yeah. Mark, couple of, Mark couple Taylor of had a, Mark Taylor had we're a, going, a we're wicket going cr- off. We're going cross-code. Yep. Big Good. man season, Mark Cosgrove. Inza mum. Big fella. What about the, what about the big fellas? Boy? Big men swinging the willow. <laughs> just, That's what I'm talking about. Just socking some dingers. <laughs> oh, dinger city. Uh, alrighty, moving on from dinger city to Canberra. 
Uh, Mesut Ozil, if running cross field counted towards run meters, would Jack Bird be the all time run meter leader? No, because Shannon Hegarty and Sean Simmons yeah. would be in front of him. Fafita would be right up there. Heg- yeah. Hegs and Sean Simmons. Low key, John Bateman doesn't mm. mind a bit of wandering cross field he, either, he but he reminds me. J- he just reminds me of a bigger Kalen Ponga. <laughs> He's got the dancing feet, mate. All righty. Uh, Jack Cronin goes in with talk about Joey Leilua lots. Yeah, no. Uh, and I can't give my Joey Leilua stump speech? Not now. Go on. <laughs> He's quite late. Okay. Uh, Matty McP, are any of you rap bags going to Magic Round? Yes. Nick is. I can't because I couldn't commit. I'm going. Um, I'm bringing Harry Ramage with me and a couple <laughs> of other like-minded rugby league lager louts. We're going to watch a lot of footy and drink a lot of beer, so... That sounds yeah, good weekend. Sounds See there. fantastic. Alrighty, Frankie nineteen eighty seven. Best Easter egg. Kinder Surprise Bunny is his choice. Uh the Cabri Turkish Delight. But is my favourite. But I will also say that between the three of us we've demolished a bucket of crispy M M&M and M speckled eggs in the past hour. They, they were delightful. They were very good. Very good. Uh who's doing worse than their current job? But see yeah, Triple Eight says. Nathan Brown or Tyrion Lannister? Uh how bad is my Tyrone, job? Tyrone Lannister. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Brown Because Tyrion's got some runs on the board How bad is my self-esteem That I thought the second part of the question Was going to be Or Matt Bungard well, that, That'll come later mm. You've been rattled uh, yeah. Alrighty Paul Mac 78 What was the biggest football disagreement Between Mitch and Campo At Casa de Bellin? <coughs> Um We never really had any Sort of out and out disagreements There'd be things that like You know We disagreed on Mainly like some of Mitch's crazier Broncos stuff and some of my more deranged Raiders views. So any of them. But nothing nothing yeah. too bad. I actually saw this question on the way here and I was trying to think of what they were of what they were, but it's more just stuff like, you know, it's just little stuff. Like I I reckon I reckon Matt Dufty's a real goer and Mitch doesn't rate him much. Just little things like that. It was nothing too bad though. Hmm. Sorry, Paul Mac, for not giving you the drama you crave. Uh Harrow. Hannah Harrington chimes in with which Matt do you prefer Bungard or Coleman wow uh, well Coleman kind of pays me so uh, and you don't you do you do pay me with uh, compliments and uh, lodging for two hours a week it's, uh, it's it's more what you want if you want VB Tinnies on the hill at Henson Park screaming and get them on side then Coleman. Matt Coleman's your guy if you want someone you can beat at beer pong <laughs> you got you got a Matt Bungard wow I'm sorry you so, have your redeeming qualities. Yeah. You have a cute dog. He is very cute. Yeah. That's, uh, there got, are some others. Nick got really excited because he won his first ever game of beer pong a couple of weeks ago. That's nice. After, I did, no, 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 no. I didn't. Mate, I, you celebrated like, you, you are the 2016 Knights of Beer Pong and I was the West Tigers. <laughs> the day of the second yeah, ball but was you, on the but field. You, but you sell yourself as the 07 Storm. Like, yeah. You really talk it up. And I'm shit at beer pong. I'm really bad at it. And I thrashed you. Like, it wasn't just a win. It was a Beating. It was one. Cup. Like it was st- literally one cup. So he would have cup. It was like four. You're kidding. I bet you like you stole something. That's <laughs> true. Alrighty, Mario Siegs. I bet you like you owed me money. Uh, Speaking or- of people, oh, do we want? Do we want to get into people owing owing <laughs> each other things? Do we? Because right now you owe me forty eight beers, which your old buddy has overlooked. I owe you twenty four beers. You're, you're gonna owe me forty eight by the end of the year. Eh, perhaps he mm. made another case bet that the storm would not finish in the top four, which I wasn't going to bring up. But if we're if we're if we're going to take shots at Young MB who just sits here quietly, welcomes his buddies into his house, gives them chocolate, makes them feel welcome, only to be metaphorically spat in the face <laughs> by both of you <laughs> at any turn. Harrow, there's blood on Harrow's hands. Look what <laughs> she's done here. She knew what she Look was doing. Look what she's done. Harrow's making enemies left, right and center. Alrighty, poker or blackjack? Mario Siggs. Blackjack. Um, poker. That's the easiest one. Uh, easiest I'm a poker guy as well. 
but poker is a skill game. I don't really know how to play poker, so I'm. But I love blackjack, so there you go. Hmm. There you go. Uh, once again, I mean, one, one's one's a thinking man's game. One's just about shouting and yelling and getting lucky. No surprise. <laughs> which one of us? Those are, those are which, like three of my favourite things. One, no surprise. Which one of us is locked into the one that involves thinking, and which one of us is involved in the one that involves yelling? Alrighty, Warwick, hit on fifteen, boys. <laughs> War- I'm telling you, Warwick Ahern. Uh, do you think a Boyd out sign flying over Suncorp is warranted? <laughs> I'd love to see. So when he says, a, "So is he talking like when you get fly a plane, it over the plane?" Yeah, it's like quite a common thing in English soccer. Yeah, yeah. I was, was, was going to say because yeah. Wenger out—that was the big one, wasn't it? Was, it? That was the biggest. I'll one, tell you yeah. what. That would be. That could I be really cl- hope someone does because that would, be close that would give to us. Peak honestly, that would give us stories at work. If for only you and weeks. Harry were going to Brisbane in two weeks yeah. and had access to a plane. But I got to. I got to buy you all those beers. I don't know how I'll afford it. I would consider waving the forty-eight beers if you oh, organised a boy that would, that, would, that would really that would really be something. I don't, I'm a bit of a softy, so I don't know if it's warranted. But I know there's plenty of Broncos fans out there that are pooling their money as we speak to get that to get that happen. Just, uh, uh, look, cut back on one sizzler meal a week, Broncos fans. <laughs> Pull that money together. No one ho- one hog's breath meal, mate. It's constant. One one or the other. Uh, alrighty, uh, Ant Farmer. Can we talk about escorting? Is it allowed or not allowed? Generally confused. It's just a big grey area, really, isn't it? But, like, it's illegal. <laughs> you have a long-term girlfriend, Dale Ritz. You can't be saying hey, it's illegal. Both, <laughs> both, I'm not, procu- I'm not I like procuring Camp, any Camp and I looked at each other, like, from who's going to make the first inappropriate joke to this question? Um, God, yeah, it's like it's, a Fox League meeting. It's one of those. It, it sort of went unpunished for a long time, and I feel like to start this year, they've been more vigilant on it. How many have they called? Like, four? They've called, they've called, they've called a, a few, few. but... Mm. Eh, I, I don't know. Four is more know. than it's none. A, it's a it's a it's a tough thing to police because there's I a lot of moving call parts. More. Yeah, I I do too. I do too. Because like players, players have gotten so good at it now. Yeah, you know because it's I mean, going unpunished for so yeah, long. Yeah, very very true. I know crackdowns are a dirty word, but if they did crack down on it, I wouldn't be upset. Mm, me too. Uh, bum, 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 bum. Just checking the last of the questions. Uh, Ant Farmer continues with: Did Latrell do enough to ex- escape your criticism? Played great. Yeah, yeah I thought he was great. Yeah, he's, well, he's yeah. on awesome fire. Footy. That's not the knock on him. Played though. great. And we bloody wax lyrical about that field goal. Mm. Uh, and last two questions uh, from Swarzy. How fucking shit is Nathan Brown on? Who do we have to replace him? <laughs> they have Christian Wolf on the staff up there. Yeah. Wolf is the one that we who, spoke about. Who, uh, yep. co- who coached Tonga and I think did a really good job with him over the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. if they were to move on from Brownie, he'd be the one I'd be looking Look, at. Look, if they really the want to get term. if they really want to get the parallels to the O three Rabbitohs cooking, chuck the keys to Paul Langmack. Just <sighs> just see what happens. <laughs> What's Arthur Katinas doing? <laughs> where's, where's Sean McRae? Where's, where's Bomber, Bomber McRae? <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. A rare moment of unity for us, <laughs> for us to end on. Got a See, great... like Harrow tears us apart, but then we come back together. Yeah. Uh, alrighty. Arthur Katinas was the man that could bring us back together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, last question. We touched on this earlier uh, from uh, Josh underscore Gunton one. Is it disrespectful towards the opposition for a fuck you field goal in the nah, dying seconds when you're well in front? No, no. Field goals you want. disrespect is being 40 points Do down. Do you remember in the, the World place. Cup game, Camper, when Lee Breers kicked like four field goals against Australia? Uh, I have heard tell of this game, but I do not remember it firsthand. Mm. Isn't the, isn't the record for first for field goals in Sydney? Well, Eric Sims so kicked a shitload in a game. Five. He's got five. Yeah, five. yeah. I, I'm I'm all for it. Eric Sims and Barry Glasgow. Yes, Eric Sims was the reason they changed it from two points. To one, one more. One more tangent. Go on. Barry Glasgow kicked thirty-five field goals for West the last year of the one, the last year of the two-point field goals. North Sydney signed him for big money, and then after they signed him, field goals went from two points to one. 
Ouch. So mm. it's just a bit of classic classic Bears antics there. Shout out Paul Mack. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's good. We like antics on this show. Yep. Uh, and we like Bears. <laughs> we do. If you want to hear more from Nick Campton or read his work, you can find it in the second best metropolitan newspaper in Sydney, the Daily Telegraph. The MacArthur I've, Chronicle. Um, <laughs> that's why I've, I said metropolitan. I've got, a, I've got a, a footy column, Campo's Corner, that should come out around midday every Wednesday. So if you enjoy the horrible things I say on this podcast, or you just enjoy footy chat. Yep. You enjoy big man season. Mm. I have a, a running thing where the best big man moment of the week gets the golden hombre. End of the year, we'll do something. Todd Payton might be there. Who knows? But um, please, if you, if you enjoy anything I do, you'll enjoy this. It, so please it, read jokes it. Jokes aside, it is a very good column. I only ask that you use some form of paywall bypasser to read it so that News Corp doesn't get any money. God, please. No. He doesn't mean it, Rupert, if you're listening. <laughs> I do, though. <laughs> All righty. And, and uh, where, where can we find you on the tweets? Uh, at Cambo thirty seven. Okay, fantastic. Well, Literally, bit- no one who's listening to this. I know, I know. We've got to let him plug his gear. Fair enough. That's the rule. Um, thank you for coming on, Campo. Thanks for having notice. me, guys. It's fantastic always, always to have a lot you of fun. on. Um, and one day we will get you and Harry in here together, and I will have to bring dinner. <laughs> um, thank you as always, Bungard, for hosting. Yep, you're and, welcome. And uh, it's been a wonderful, nice wonderful, wonderful evening. I'll say this: once. if if the Knights get a new full time coach, we'll get them both on in the same in the same game. I will bring barbecued meats. If that happens, because yeah. we will it need It might them. be while you're in Europe. Mate. I was going to say, I might need to bring a sleeping bag. <laughs> well, it could be while you're overseas. We might have to Skype you in. Oh, God. Uh, just to, ha- just don't to hear ruin, the, Don't ruin my just holiday Just to hear like a that. couple of knockabout lads from the country yarn about, <laughs> I mean, whoever the new coach will be. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Kevin Walters. I think that's about enough from us. Thank you, gentlemen. It's been wonderful. Goodbye. See you next time. Thanks, guys.